to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined finally in studio by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. You guys were back together again. I know. I was like, this is the first time in quite a while we haven't had to do a sync club. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were like, wait, but the club. Well, I legitimately like almost, <laughs> I was like, no, you don't need to do that. It's been four months. Since kind of funny prom, which is unreal. It's yeah, it's wild to think just how fast this year has gone. Yeah, and thinking that that was the last time we were all together in the same city shooting the show. We obviously went to PAX West and had an amazing event there with Square Enix and Life is Strange. Which, by the way, don't forget, we know we owe you a Life is Strange two spoiler cast. We yeah. know mm, yes. it's on the docket. Unfortunately, we've had. Some some travel and then a bunch of games have come out. And so I'm trying to think, ladies, if we should just hold that until episode two comes out and do Indeed, it right yeah. before episode yeah. two. No, I think we should just do two and one and two together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's just batch them. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that happened in the first, but not so much that we can't double it together. Yeah. I That's mean, a good point, point. We just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, we could still do a Spidey one, though. Finish that. I mean, I obviously not today. I just yeah. Need to I, know, I'm I, just I need saying, to fi- I need to finish it. I'm as just well. saying, I got to finish a lot of shit. You guys, there's just so many games happening right now. It is absolutely incredible to be a gamer right now. Uh, we do have some housekeeping that I'll get to in just a second, but I want to thank our sponsors this week, Me Undies and Four Sigmatic. So uh, we're going to talk about Me Undies in just a little while, but I want to mention Four Sigmatic. So um, Britt and Steimer actually talked to you guys about this company while I was in Italy and the magic of functional mushrooms. So this is really kind of a fun, a fun uh, read to do just because we get to talk about magical mushrooms um, like reishi, chaga, cordyceps and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods, of course, that help us live healthier and more enhanced lives. They make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with a variety of coffees and elixirs which you can browse at foursigmatic.com slash WGG. All of their products are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and instant, but the bottom line is they believe life is better when we're hashtag on shrooms. <laughs> so cute. Every day, all day. Don't put that away quite quite yet. Britt is, if you guys are watching us at youtube.com slash what's good games, you can see the little energy shot I'm about to tell you about. But first, one of my favorites is the 100% Arabica organic coffee with lion's mane. It tastes like delicious coffee and does not taste like mushrooms, you guys. Because that would be... <laughs> None of this tastes like mushrooms, yeah, to be it, clear. Yeah, it's super weird to think that you are drinking like actual mushroom coffee. But uh, yeah. the mushrooms are just there for all of the amazing health benefits. Uh, like Lion's Mane, which encourages productivity by supporting focus, creativity, memory, concentration, and brain health. Um, you can drink it at work, to study, or whenever your brain needs an energizing hug. Um, oh, so, a hug. I know, right? 
Like when you're gaming for long hours at a time when you're going to be playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which we're also going to be talking about later. <laughs> um, so, Britt, you are holding the energy shot, which packed a whopping 1,500 milligrams of lion's mane for complete focus. <gasps> Plus, of course, a little kick of caffeine, just 40 milligrams, all in that two and a half ounce shot that you can take with you on the go. And uh, what uh, what fruit is on that bottle? This is a pineapple, Andrea Renee. The pineapple. You may That's, have heard one. I, I have heard of pineapples because Four Sigmatic uses real food, Steimer. They do. Instead of artificial sweeteners and flavorings, pineapple, lime, and salt are just a few of the ingredients in that energy shot. Um, and did I mention that their entire catalog is vegan and gluten-free? I think I said something about that. Well, now you uh, have. Well, now you have, yeah. But yeah, so if you guys um, aren't coffee drinkers or maybe some of the other offerings aren't piquing your interest... This is a brand new product. The um, What is the official name on there? The Mushroom Focus Shot from Four Sigmatic. Again, if you guys want 15% off your first order, you can head to foursigmatic.com slash WGG to pick out your new favorites today. Of course, foursigmatic.com slash WGG and get your focus on for 15% off your first order. Oh, yeah. Go get on shrooms. Get on shrooms. Hashtag on shrooms. The ones that are going to help you, not the other ones. Um, all right. So some housekeeping. As you guys may know, TwitchCon is happening right now, as you're probably listening, unless you're listening to this right when it published, which good on you. Or maybe or you're after. watching it live with our fantastic patrons, because every once in a while we decide to stream the show. You never know when that's going to happen. You just kind of got to be along for the ride. So a big shout out to everybody who's in the chat watching the show right now. Uh, if you guys are ever interested in participating in our Patreon, we would love for you to be part of our community over there. Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. Just $1 gets you access to our exclusive feed with uh, photos, with polls, with posts, and weird Britney vlogs, which mm -hmm. are really my favorite part. Aww, yeah, there's some fun videos on there from back in the day. You get all these exclusive videos. Every exclusive video we've ever published, you get access to and there are some uh some weird ones on there that we probably would not do today <laughs> but we're gonna leave them on there for they're you up there now though yeah not going away <laughs> exactly so um please do check it out if you guys are interested but at twitchcon we are going to be making an appearance on the spotlight stage at 2 15 p.m pacific time today friday october 26th if you're not going to be at twitchcon don't worry you can watch it at twitch.tv slash twitch be sure to make sure to log in and uh, watch us at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and then we're also the premiere episode of Twitch's brand new show, The Setup. That is streaming at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash twitch. And we're going to be doing a meet and greet. That's right. From 5 to 7 p.m. on October 26th, we're going to be meeting for cocktails. Maybe we'll get there at 4.30. Maybe we'll stay until 7.30. Who knows? We don't but even know. It's fine. <laughs> honestly, we're really flying by the seat of our pants on this one. I'm not even going to front. Um, we, we are meeting at the Farmers Union in downtown San Jose, just a few blocks from the San Jose Convention Center where TwitchCon is taking place. Please follow us on Twitter at what's good underscore games, and we will be tweeting out the details. Uh, you can also follow the three of us individually, and we'll be uh, tweeting from there as well. Um, if you're in San Jose and at TwitchCon and you're listening to the show, please come by. We'd love to see you. We'd love to say hi. Um, doing our meetups with you guys are some of our favorite things to do throughout the year mm -hmm. uh, and getting to talk to you about what you're playing and how you found the show. All of those stories are super fun for us. So hopefully we get to say hi in person. It would be great. Um, plus... Brittany, we've got some amazing streams happening tomorrow, oh, Saturday, October 27th. My 
God, <laughs> Becky, look, look at her butt. Oh, we're going way off the rails. Sam and I used to run in the ship ourselves. Now we have some actual <laughs> rules and regulations. We gotta I'll follow. only keep each of the rules just slightly. <laughs> okay, so I was stalling because I admittedly have to pull up the calendar to look at the exact times of everything. So yes, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it will be tomorrow. Saturday, October 27th at 12.30 p.m. If you are a patron of ours at any level, you can enjoy our happy hour Q&A live stream. We're going to be in costume. Drinking candy corn martinis. But yeah, it's going to be great. Steimer, do you know what you're wearing yet? I have to show her my cornucopia of costumes, remember? Oh, right. I was like, I'm just going to wear a onesie, but then I forgot. Oh, you yeah, yeah. wear an actual onesie. So, yeah. I heard that conversation you ladies Well, had. the onesie is a backup if nothing floats yeah. your boat. But I have, as I mentioned, you a do. diverse selection. Yes. It'll depend on when I get up to Saturday. Saturday and how I will feel. <laughs> And how cozy I would like to be. I have a, I'm deciding between the Link romper that I have mm-hmm. and I have a zombie cheerleader outfit. Ooh. Oh, that sounds cute. fun. Yeah, I have to choose between one of those. And then Saturday, October 27th from 2.30 to 4, we are going to be doing a Lights Off stream. As you know, we've been releasing episodes of Lights Off every week, mostly on Wednesdays, sometimes on Tuesday and Wednesday, depending on how we were feeling that week. And we are going to be finalizing that with a Soma stream. And I'm very, very excited about this. I'm so excited. Have you played Soma before, any of you? No. no. I mean, would, did you actually anticipate us saying yes to that? Yeah, I mean, right? I don't know. I don't know if you guys got a wild hair up your ass one week and decided to no, scare you. the shit out of you. Yeah, that is me. So I actually did try playing this. I did try playing this a while ago. And I tried to play baby ass baby mode where there was a cheat where the enemies would see you and maybe charge you. But you, they couldn't actually hurt you. But I mm. inputted the cheat incorrectly, Uh-oh. and they could kill me, and I didn't get much farther after that. It's kind of like Outlast, that you have to run and hide from these oh, things. no. And the atmosphere building is so good. I don't want it. Oh, it's going to be great. I, I am it. so excited. I am so very excited for this. Uh, I'm just going to sit there Crickets and all around, ladies and gentlemen. That's okay. And... I'll be here playing for you. <laughs> I'll feed these ladies You'll alcohol. They'll be fine. Um, and listen, we know that Red Dead Redemption 2 is out, and if you can't make the streams or you can't come to TwitchCon because you're like, I just have to go get my cowboy on, we get it. We understand. Yeah. Don't worry. If yeah. you want to join us on Patreon, you'll be able to watch the Happy Hour Q&A and, for everybody, the Lights Off stream on Archive. They will be available um, on both Twitch and YouTube. Well. The happy hour Q&A will only be available to patrons on YouTube. But Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the other one the other will be available will be on both. Yes. Okay. Um, anything else, Britt? Nay. Nay. Um, don't forget to get your question in for the happy hour Q&A. Patreon.com slash what's good games. We will um, drop the link in there. We should make a URL. Did we make a URL for that, Doc? No. We, we got to do that. Yeah. We'll work on that for you. We'll work on it. We'll help you out, patrons. Um, all right. I think I think that's it for housekeeping. It's time for news. Oh, we do Muppet Voice. All the Muppets back. We do the whole show in Muppet Voices. Chip chip cheerio. No, maybe not. makes Muppets and British. Why not? Don't discriminate against Muppets. a British Muppet. I'm a British Muppet Starma. Oh, God. This is why. This is what happens when we're all together. Okay. That was fun. Okay, so the first news story. And the news is a little light this week, uh, which is actually pretty it's good because we have a lot of news. Yeah, we have a lot of hands on to get to. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to mm. start with um, with PSN IDs. But I just want to let you guys know if you're anxiously awaiting the Red Dead Redemption 2 discussion, we're saving it for the third segment so we can 
put it at the end of the show for people who don't want spoilers. And um, we have a couple other games to talk about in the second segment. Um, but don't worry, we're gonna get there. We're not gonna be spoiling Red Dead Redemption. No, Red but we're, Redemption we'll be talking about a couple things yeah, that may yeah. be considered spoilers for people, like sure. location names and things like that. So if you want like a virgin Red Dead Re- oh, yeah. Redemption experience, you probably don't want to listen to the end of the podcast. Don't probably listen not. to um, us. Okay, here we go. Re- preview program for PS4 name change update comes with a long list of warnings. Is it like when you see those commercials for drugs? You like, will die that, from taking this, but we're like, going to show seats. This will fix your headache, but will also possibly kill you. And they will show signs of scenic soothing yeah, out people like people walking along the like beach. kayaking and shit. This is almost death, exactly death, like death, that. Death, yeah, great. So this write-up comes from Polygon. PSN ID changes are finally on the way for PlayStation 4 users, but it looks like the process might not be as painless as we hoped. According to several recent air users have received invitations to the PlayStation Preview Program System Software 6.1. No, Preview. talking Whoa. really fast. A whole list of warnings accompanies the name change feature. One testing email, which appears to have only gone out to PlayStation customers in the United Kingdom thus far, was posted on the forum. By a user, Abandoned Trolley. The initial message confirms that the upcoming patch will include a chance to change your PSNIDs. However, a follow-up post on that same thread quotes numerous caveats that the change comes with. The message starts by warning players, not all games and applications for the PS4, PS3, PS Vita, and PlayStation systems support the online ID change feature. The warning continues. Yes, they did, but... The warning continues, Steimer, dun, dun, dun. by listing possible consequences of changing your ID. You may lose access to content, including paid-for content that you have acquired for your games, including content like add-ons and virtual currency. You may lose your games within progress. You may lose your progress within games, including game save data, leaderboard data, and progress towards trophies. Part of your games and applications may not function properly, both online and offline. Your previous online ID may remain visible to you and other players in some spaces. The message also specifies some details that are, at least for now, specific only to the preview version of the ID change feature. First change is free for all users. So, that's good. Second change will be charged at €9.99 or £7.99. PlayStation Plus subscribers will receive a 50% discount. If your previous online ID violates any of the terms of service, current, you will not be able to revert back to your previous online ID. You can revert to your previous online ID once per account during the preview period. Sub-accounts cannot utilize the change online ID feature, and after you change your online ID, it may take a few hours for some services and applications to reflect the new ID. That's honestly, like, the least of the worries here. So even if you have a... So this doesn't fix if you have, like, a sub-account and you can't make it a real account. Correct. And what we've discovered earlier this week on Games Daily is somebody wrote in and was like, hey, I'm squatting on a name that I really want. Am I going to be able to, like, cancel my first one and use that one? It's like, nay, nay, you can't. Because if it's been used by anybody in the PlayStation ecosystem, it cannot be used by another account unless PlayStation completely deletes all of the account data from the PSN, which they're not going to do because you are allowed to revert back to your previous PSN ID. So when they're going to, when or if really, they're ever going to delete that data, we don't know. So assume no, and that if you make an account, there is currently no functional way to merge accounts together. Do you remember that time in our lives when all we wanted was the ability to change our PSN IDs? I mean, I didn't care. That was, I mean, sure. I mean, I didn't care either because I I liked 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 my ID. But I also went through a name change way back when. So I started with a different ID on PS3. Mm, on PS3. Mm, but you just did a hard 
I just like, abandoned just it. Abandoned it. I said goodbye. Wolves. Goodbye. Goodbye trophies. Goodbye everything. And I started fresh with a new ID, and I've been with that one ever since. But then again, trophies aren't important to me, so that's like the least of my worries. The thing that is important is obviously licenses that are attached to your PSN ID for games that you've purchased digitally. And this is why this conversation is more important in today's ecosystem than it would have been during the PS3 generation because so much of your licenses are tied to your digital accounts, mm-hmm, which yeah. are tied to your PSN ID, if you don't have the disc for your games, right? Yeah. This is one of the challenges or of DLC, going to a digital only future. discs unless it comes out as part of like a right. collector's thing. I mean, right and here. the idea that like virtual currency is yeah. at risk. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Because I, like the way that they outlined how it works, right. there's no way for it to know. There isn't a master ID string anywhere. Your name is your fucking account. Right, right. That's how they built it. They built it wrong. They built it very wrong. So them trying to fix it now is basically like, you just have to accept that this won't work as the way you want it to work because Mm -hmm. it's not how the system was engineered. It's so interesting. I mean, I would imagine unless your name is like big wiener 42069xxx that it would probably just be in your best interest to just stay the fuck away from this whole system last week i was like unless your name is egregious like really bad right you just who cares like just leave it to what it is move on with your life there are other things yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm really curious to see how this pans out if this actually ends up working or if the whole plug is just pulled on it in the end like sorry we literally could not make this happen in a way that is sufficient enough so we're just gonna well i mean it's one of those things where it's like it's there you know you accept the risk now we have told you it all if you really want it that bad there you go but like otherwise get off our backs because like we did the thing (laughs) just get off our backs (laughs) like like this is the best that we can do because we what are they going to do you can't fix it you can't yeah. fix it at this stage if sony with all their resources can't like make this a super duper easy fix then you know it's really messed up situation. well i think what the real problem is is that the way that they designed the back-end architecture within the psn network mm-hmm. or the playstation network just kind of inevitably set up these systems that they all are reliant on a specific like workflow and changing that workflow kind of dominoes and breaks the system. Yes. And they've been working on a way to fix that, which is why it's taken them so painfully long to get to this point where they're even talking about it being possible that now they're like, Hey, it's going to work for the majority of of like PlayStation (laughs) four games. Right. right? It's not going to work for some maybe edge case games from some games, maybe early in the generation. And then, specifically more support anymore right Mm -hmm. games particularly from the ps3 generation that aren't being supported at all that haven't been updated uh probably in several years um those are the games that they're like hey guys we just don't know we don't know if it's going to completely break this or not because they haven't been able to test every single game that's on the platform yeah and that's the scary part and that's why it's like I understand that this is a clearly an umbrella statement that PlayStation is making, which they have to make right. legally. But at the same time, I'm like, one part of me is like, well, it can't possibly be that bad. If you're only playing new games that came out in the last three years, let's say, then you probably don't need to worry about this at all. Every game that's come out recently is going to be supported by this. What you do need to worry about is if you're worried about that one edge case. Mm, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they have to make this statement because you imagine, can you imagine if they didn't and then someone changed their PSN ID and then some, one of these things happened, ever, the Twitter sphere, the internet, 
it would become a huge viral chain and then it would just not be pretty. I find right. it weird that they only sent that out in Europe. There could have been a... Um, a North American one? Yeah, because that's when I pulled the story when we first covered this. I also pulled the Europe yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. That's probably... Uh, yeah, I, I would also <laughs> hope that they would make sure that that is well communicated to every PlayStation customer. Right, right. And not just hope, relying on the PlayStation blog to get that word out there. Because not everyone reads that, believe it or not. I just want to give a huge shout out to all the beta testers out there. Thank you. You are taking one for the team because I would never in a million years try to mess with this. Brick your console. Give your console some disease. It's true. I don't want that. Brick your console. It could. I don't know. No, actually, I think Stammer's right here. Listen, I'm trying to add some dramatic layer. I'm just saying. Don't don't spread lies is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, you're lucky you're sitting across the studio from me, Stammer. I would jump over here and All right, all right, all right. Um, Well, listen. Take this information as, you know, a great. No, I wouldn't say with a grain of salt. I I would say take it under careful consideration when deciding if you want to change your PSN ID. Um, Like I mentioned, the actuality of these terrible things happening is small, but it's not non-existent. It's not zero chance of it happening. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put it out there. So (laughs) weigh if your PSN ID is so bad that you need to change it before making the call. Yeah. Sorry, I, I had a text. I was like, let's all team. learn a lesson. Don't make bad names. Yeah. But, yeah, think um, about it. Think. It's my sister texting me about this rosé wine-flavored vodka that she oh. just tried. What? So her husband, I'm sorry to derail, her husband uh, bought her this Hanger One vodka mm-hmm. that's flavored like California rosé wine. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. I'm, inter- I'm interested. I'm skeptical, but listening. And I was like, how is it? And she's like, I don't know. I'll try it. She writes back, it's delicious. Oh, shit. Gosh, I might have to go get some now. Head to the local liquor store. Isn't Hangar 1 here in uh, Alameda? That's a good question. I don't know. I think it might be. But they do make some very tasty flavored vodkas. Um, All right, on to the next story. Microsoft has announced plans to expand Game Pass to PC. This write-up comes from Game Informer. During an earnings call today, uh, not today, uh, earlier this week, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella discussed how the gaming landscape has improved for Microsoft and that the company plans to push forward and expand on that front. As such, Nadella confirmed plans to bring Microsoft's Game Pass service currently only on Xbox One to PC. As it functions on Xbox One, Game Pass, of course, provides a subscription pass to over 100 We're games. really fast. I know, because this is the part that's like just regular info. You used to sound like a like a... What like I'm doing the thing at the end of the commercial where no. I have to read the legal text? Oh, or that. Where oh, they tell where everyone's going to die. Well. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I apologize. No, it's okay. Earlier this year, <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> made the bold declaration that every first-party game would launch simultaneously on the service. I like the soft Letting voice. players download and play <laughs> titles on day one for the price of admission alone. While Nadella did not detail what a PC expansion would look like, an easy guess oh God, would be too slow. Sim- Pick it up, baby. <laughs> I, I love this now. It's so would funny. be a similar service model using Microsoft's Windows Store. As part of the Microsoft Play Anywhere initiative, every first-party game is intended to release on PC as well as Xbox One, with digital versions being cross-compatible in terms of digital versions. Uh, I mean. No. <laughs> Digital versions. Uh. Okay. When considering that and also adding in PC exclusive titles like Age of Empires, the case for Game Pass on PC seems fairly logical. 
It's not known when Microsoft plans to move forward with these plans, but with first-party efforts revving up in 2019 with games like Crackdown 3 <laughs> um, or Gears 5. <laughs> the game we've heard nothing about that's never coming out. Um might make a strong argument to PC gamers to whom Microsoft has been relatively hot and cold with over the years. You're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. You're this Russian. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. I'm, I missed you. Um, so here's the thing. I I mean, this is predictable, right? Like, this is not, this I didn't is not a bad thing. It wasn't available on PC. Because I'm in my oh, head, really? I'm just like. For Xbox, I consider those platforms so tied together. Intertwined in their ways. And I think in my head, I just auto-filled it. Well, there's so few games that Microsoft publishes first party that are PC only. Like, it's like such a small, like, Venn diagram overlap. Um, That's why Age of Empires is... I mean, it's literally like Age of Empires. (laughs) But I guess they've got... Well, no, because the Halo RTS was also on console. Yes, it was. Um, I played it on console. Maybe somebody in the chat can let us know if there was a a Microsoft first-party published exclusive PC game that you can think of that did not come to Xbox One. (laughs) That's that's a lot of, yeah. Um, Besides Age of Empires. Um, I don't think that there is at least one that I can think of in the last three to five years. I I can't even think of one. Yeah, I'm not even pretending. Period. My brain wouldn't be able to do that right now anyway, so. Yeah, I bet you somewhere out there Somewhere, somewhere, there. there's an Xbox oh, exclusive oh. for PC. Wait, no, not Xbox. Microsoft exclusive for Microsoft. <laughs> Are you thinking of Fival right now? Because that's yes. what I'm thinking. Yes. Okay, good. I think yes. Britney's on a different level. I, right. I was just thinking. I didn't know who was I'm like, of course I'm thinking of Fival. I'm just joining in. An American Tale. Oh that's my gosh. It's such I know Britney doesn't watch movies. Um, uh, you wouldn't actually really like this movie because like <laughs> only because you don't understand 90% of my references time to drink oh, maybe okay here's what I think has happened here's why this has happened you were friends with me thinking that I'm very clever and I'm not all I'm doing is I never thought you were clever you have never seen god damn <laughs> well you set me up for that you totally set me up for that I mean yeah it's true I did but oh gosh no I think I, I think I have seen that is that the western one the western mouse yes well that's okay. the that's the second that's one five that's five will goes west oh, okay. oh sorry yeah, it's, the, it's an american tale is the american first tale one is where they come to america yeah <sighs> they're the no i got those in america exactly <laughs> that's uh so that's the spanish version because we watched fifel in spanish class oh okay that's cool i don't know why but that's <laughs> the only part that stuck no, I had one of those moments where, you know, in Red Dead Redemption 2, we'll talk about this, where everyone's singing around the campfire and you mm-hmm. can press square to sing along. But oftentimes, Arthur Morgan is so off key and he's not in sync. That's kind of what he I not do. The best. I just kind of mumble along and I press square to sing. Nice. Uh, but yeah, back to this news story, because we are a video game podcast. Yeah, not not surprising. Good move. We're Good not job. a cartoon mouse podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are we not. Could, we could be. <laughs> There's still time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to make a segment dedicated only to cartoon mice. <laughs> No, we could probably do it. Listen, Ratatouille, Disney in general, Mickey Mouse, the mice Stuart from Little? Cinderella, Stuart Little. Yeah, there's a lot. Pinky there's and the Brain. Oh, those oh, are rats. The br- oh no, no, no. They count. They count. Yeah, they're rodents. Yeah. We, we can. We Small can. rodent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. back on the rails. Uh, last news story of the segment: Jade Raymond leaves EA's Motive Studios. 
So this write-up comes from IGN. Motive Studios founder Jade Raymond has left the company, according to Electronic Arts. Samantha Ryan, who currently runs EA's mobile, Maxis, and Bioware, will now oversee Motive Studios as well. A representative for EA told IGN in a statement, quote, EA Studios is focused on bringing more creative new games and content to players. Laura Meal? 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 And her team have taken several steps internally to better support our game makers in this pursuit, such as expanding Samantha Ryan's portfolio to lead additional studios, including Motive. Samantha is known for driving creative design and supporting game teams so they can bring visions to life. Okay, this and is all about, about yeah. Samantha. She's great. Um, skipping forward with this change, Jade Raymond has decided to leave Electronic Arts. In her time with us, Jade has helped to build great teams and our projects underway at Motive and other studios continue unchanged. We're appreciative of all of her efforts and we wish Jade all of the best as she moves on to her next adventures. We are driving greater creativity into everything we do across EA Studios. Um, cool. Okay, so this is some interesting news. First, I think it's awesome that another female is taking Jade's spot because we need more females in leadership roles in game dev. So that's great. Mm -hmm. That's good news. Um, This, having Jade leave is kind of a head scratcher because she was overseeing, I believe, um, the Star Wars project that Massive was working on, right? I don't know what she was to she the was internet. On. I'm pretty sure she was. Um, Motives Montreal sturdily currently has an open world game in the works. Mm. Or maybe I'm confusing mm. her with. I was like, that doesn't sound right then. Maybe I'm confusing her with uh, the thing that Amy was working on. Yeah, Amy was the one who was working on the Star Wars game that got canned. Mm. Oh, the visceral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here okay. we go. The project, which does not have a title or release window, was pitched by three developers. Ram. Oh, so it's super secret. Okay, so Raymond founded EA Motive in 2015 after departing Ubisoft with initial goal of focusing on new IP in close collaboration with Bioware. Its new first IP. project, however, was to work with Visceral and Amy Henning's canceled Star Wars game. Oh, see, maybe that's what. Uh, yeah. See, I thought that that's what she was working on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what's crazy, she hasn't issued a statement yet. But I guess since they canceled that project, maybe she also was working on something else, which would make sense. Um. But they so just as a history for people who maybe aren't familiar with who Jade Raymond is and why she's important, why we're talking about her. uh, She was, of course, a founding member of Ubisoft Toronto. She left the company in 2014 after 10 years there. She was a producer on the original Assassin's Creed and later an executive producer for Assassin's Creed 2, along with Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, Blacklist and Watch Dogs. Man, it's been a long time since we got into Splinter Cell. Yeah, well, I mean, that was one of the rumored things we thought mm-hmm. Ubisoft was going to talk about at E3 this year, and then they didn't. That was a fun game. I liked um, it. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely due for some Splinter Cell. Um, and so then she left Ubisoft to f- uh, and founded EA's Mode of Montreal and led development on the campaign for Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, IGN heard this past July that Moda's Montreal certainly currently has an open world game in the works. Mm-hmm. So she worked on Star Wars for yes. EA. Um, she's was working on an open world game. Um, what she's doing now, we don't know. TBD. It would be really interesting to see. Um, generally, you don't see studio leaders leave in the middle of a project, um, unless the project maybe isn't going well. Do you think that that's what's happening, Jason Schreier? Get on this bad boy. <laughs> yeah, if there's anything <laughs> happening, Jason. Yeah, Jason but Schreier will sniff it out. Typically, if it's an amicable leave, you know they'll put out a statement saying, "I'm excited to move forward and move on with new projects. I enjoyed my time here." Blah blah blah. Now I'm excited. Blah blah. 
but she hasn't issued anything at least as of right now which is thursday the 25th of october was, right. this, was this announced today uh earlier this week earlier this oh, week and there's still nothing have we checked her have we have we checked her socials does she have social let's media? look at well i mean i've never actually followed her on any of these things so i don't actually know i'm gonna google jade raymond statement right now oh heck i'm gonna oh heck i got nothing yeah i got nothing right, either well, uh no statement no so you and know they, they didn't even like put a thing in there from her which usually you might do yeah um amy didn't leave, make a statement when she left either we all knew that situation. But that situation that probably not, was not amicable. That didn't seem super great. No. Yeah. So if we're going off that, then this one also doesn't seem super great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's our basis. So mm. now, why was there reason she decided to to this, it didn't say? It just said no. It says um, with this change, she has decided to leave EA. With what change? That's why I'm, I'm reading the statement again. EA Studios is focused on bringing more creative games. Okay, so EA Studios is focused on bringing more creative new games and content to players, and it talks about how Laura and her team have taken several steps internally to better support our game makers in this pursuit, such as expanding Samantha Ryan's portfolio to lead additional studios, including Motive, and then they talk about Samantha. She's a deeply experienced game maker. They don't with this change. They, they don't actually mention what the change is. It, which yeah. means something weird happened. Yeah, something weird happened. <laughs> like, I mean, because that's those are the things that you craft when, like, you're like, look at the other, look at this, yeah, right. look over here, look at these people and how yeah. good they are. Yeah, huh. don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. It's always the way it is with with um, with game dev. She has made several appearances. She regularly talks on panels and things like that. So I'm hoping that maybe we hear from her sometime soon or hear where she's going. She obviously has a very important place in this industry as a longtime industry vet who's worked on several amazing franchises. So her I mean, and Amy should get together. I mean, <gasps> a Jade and Amy game, dude. Yeah. Dude, what if that's the plan? That would be pretty cool. And oh like, my that's god! That's why they wouldn't say anything because they'd be like, "Fuck you." What if Microsoft <laughs> hires Amy and Jade at, to fund the oh, next to run shit. the next game at the Initiative, their brand new studio? That would be incredible. Dude, slam dunk. Dude. Come on, Phil Spencer. You've got the money. I know you do. You got this. Dear please. Phil. <laughs> Dear Phil, comment. Seriously. What's good game? Um, I don't know um, their working relationship or if they're friends, if they even know each other, um, but it would be cool. Let's, yeah. It'd be cool to think about yeah. what, what it could possibly be. But um, best of luck to Jade in her new adventures. And, you know, if we hear anything or get a statement, we will, of course, relay it to you guys. Um, there has been a, a a few other minor news stories that have happened. We found out that uh, um, there's been a couple of delays that are happening. Days Gone is being delayed until April 2019. Adults say. Um, we found out that there was another delay. What was the other delay? Artifact? Artifact. Oh, yeah. Dota 2's um, card game is being delayed. Um, Do we know when? Nope. Okay. I don't think so. Just a couple months, I think. Maybe we do know when. No way. Maybe I'm lying about Google not knowing Google artifacts delay. Oh. Um, I do also just want to mention that we found out that Kingdom Rush Vengeance is launching for iOS and Android next month, which November. is very exciting. Uh, artifact is delayed until November. Oh, there you like go. Right and what I'm very excited about, Gun Media and Bloober Team, Gun Media, you know, as of Friday the 13th, folks, 
they have worked a publishing partnership with Bloober Team, who developed and made Layers of Fear. Um That's like when I say pure blue octopus on our Turbo Patrons every month. It's like my favorite thing to say. That they are publishing and doing all the marketing for Bloober Team for Layers of Fear too, and I'm very, very, very excited about that. I'm very excited. Samer's not so excited. She played that with me, and she. The scariest part though was when Andrea jumped at us. Oh yeah, that was right. You did do that. Was layers of fear? Yeah, because uh, the, yeah, because the time. Was it? I thought perfect. it was during Slender. No, no, that, no. Was, that was layers of fear because okay. like they have sounds like yeah. as if this thing is crawling by the store and you're in like a room. Mm-hmm. And as and I was like, it sounds like it's getting closer. And then you opened the door, and I was like, layers of fear too true takes place on a ship. That's all we really know uh, about it. That sounds terrible. That sounds wonderful. I'm so excited. It's time I went gear. No, I'll tell play you with why me. later. I had a really, I've had some really messed up dreams lately. One of them involves a boat. Oh, yeah, maybe Andrea will play with me. So I'm noping. I will. That. I will contemplate and get back to you. <laughs> get back to you. <laughs> all right, everybody. That is going to do it for the news segment for this week. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be talking about what we've been playing. I have been putting off chatting about my time with Resident Evil Hi. 2 at Tokyo Game Show until Britt and I were together. Um, I also got to play in the Fallout 76 beta, as limited as my time with it was. Um, I did get to play, so we'll be talking about that as well and some other stuff. Uh, so stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Everybody, it's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast, and this time we're talking about what we've been playing. You know, just like every time. By every time, I mean every week. The same thing we do every week. Pinky. Trying to take over the world. I got that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Come at me, bros. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's hands-on segment is brought to you by Me Undies. Now, you guys might have heard us talk about Me Undies previously on this show, or maybe on other podcasts with. They're really cool underwear and fun and crazy prints. But you guys, it wasn't until I actually tried them, even though Steimer tried really hard to convince me how great they were, that I realized, holy crap, these are seriously the most comfortable things I've ever worn. Same. soft. Same. And now that fall is here, uh, we are going nuts over their awesome Halloween prints. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar with me undies, they make obviously underwear, uh, but they also make some loungewear as well. Uh, they've got the really neat micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than regular cotton. Um, we just can't stop talking about how soft these underwear are. And we really just need you guys to experience it for yourself to really understand what we're talking about. They, of course, have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if for some reason you aren't happy with your incredibly soft underwear. Um, you will be able to, you know, remedy that situation. But you guys are going to love these MeUndies. Um, and we want you to know that they have jack-o'-lantern prints in right now uh, for Halloween. They've got undies, socks, and bra- bralettes, excuse me. And the bralettes are super comfortable as well, ladies. Yes, they um, are. And they've also got a membership option if you guys are super into MeUndies. Um, I've gotten John hooked on the boxer briefs. He loves them. So that's undies, lounge pants, and tees all part of the membership i was just thinking like it's like a soft crotch hug it is it really is actually <laughs> it's like 
Huh. Yeah, you know, especially for, for us ladies, you know, uh, the bralettes and whatnot, you know, you don't want to wear, like, Velcro on your boobs. You want to wear something that's soft and comfortable and, like, legit. It's just, like, soft side of Velcro, rough side of Velcro. Mm. What well, yes. one will you pick? It's true. Yeah. And if you guys want to get in on our great offer for first-time purchasers, when you purchase any Me Undies, you will get 15% off plus free shipping. Again, we need you to go to MeUndies.com slash WGG, and you will get free shipping and 15% off your first pair of the most comfortable underwear you'll probably ever wear in your whole life. It's true. true. <laughs> and they're really cute. The prints are really cute. Yeah, yeah and, and the prints are fun. Over And I like how they you can match the bralettes to the underwear prints, which is also really nice. Um, Who am I impressing with this? Yourself. Myself. Exactly. And that's the only person you need to worry about, Simon. <laughs> MeUndies.com slash WGG for 15% off your first pair, plus free shipping, and of course, that 100% satisfaction guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys know that they're going to have some great holiday prints coming up too oh my oh, god yeah. so just anxiously last awaiting. year's winter ones were really cute i want christmas lights they change them every year yeah mm. all right enough about underwear as comfortable <laughs> as it is time to talk about video games so brit yo i've been putting this off oh, i'm so excited strap in ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> so back at tgs in tokyo uh capcom very graciously invited me to come by their media suite and play a solid like 30 to 45 minutes of uh maybe it was even longer maybe it was like an hour um of Brittany's resident like evil 2 remake suck the life out of which you. is coming very soon Britt, do you know the release date off the top of your head january 20 29th is that it january 20 something 26th 23rd 29th 22nd 25th 20- Fuck, the one i didn't say <laughs> somewhere in between those numbers <laughs> 25th <laughs> january 25th um hey martha welcome um so that game is coming out real soon, and the first time I played it at E3, right. I was a little underwhelmed. That's true. You were like, this is a video game. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I think the reason why I was a what little- else was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I was a little perturbed because it won game of show at E3, and I was like, right. this should be game of show. Um, Old man yells at cloud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. That was That was how I was feeling about it. Um, so I wanted to spend some more time and kind of see what all the kids are drinking in this Kool-Aid, you know, ooh, ooh. give it a the little tea virus. That's what we're drinking. Give it a little taste test and see what's up. <gasps> Wait, do they have like a tea virus tea? Cause that'd be cute. No, but they did have a tea virus energy drink for a while. No, mm-hmm. I think I may made that up anyway, but they do have an $800 keyboard you can get. Yeah, it's true. Oh yeah. I forgot what type of switches those were. It was, <laughs> <laughs> It's like a old school I typewriter. Okay. It's an old school oh, it typewriter. It's actually a typewriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a okay. USB though, so you plug it in. Yeah, I actually thought. Anyway, sorry. No, not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, this time I got to play as Claire because in the first demo you play as Leon, mm-hmm. and so I messaged Britt while she was on her cruise and was like, <laughs> "Listen, I'm about to go to Japan. I'm going to play this game. Give me like a crash course on what I need to know before I play." And so she gave me this long thing about. It was actually really helpful. Oh, good. Um, some background story about um, about where we're at in the game because I was really like confused about the Resident Evil storyline. It's a really confusing storyline. So the first demo, they meant it to be more slower paced, more exploratory, more like um, atmospheric. This mm-hmm. one more focused on combat mm-hmm. and how they've kind of revamped combat. And so I'm playing as Claire. 
And like they said it was a combat game that there was going to be like a boss fight. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> great. Love I don't want to fight a gross <laughs> evil thing. Um, and so um, we're in. A ca- I can't remember exactly where it picks off. And it's probably better if I just keep it vague for spoiler reasons. But if you guys remember the game. Yeah. If you remember Resident Evil 2, none of this is a surprise. You're in the Raccoon City Police Department. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Who are you fighting? Brittany, do you remember? William Birkin creator of the g-virus but he does not look like a person no no he doesn't because what <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is like i'm like alexa Ray of I Kingdom mean, Hearts. yeah no game. go ahead so so there's a t-virus and then there's a g-virus and umbrella Kinda. is umbrella corporation is working with william birkin and but the problem is william birkin is trying to cut a deal with i think it's the u.s government or something like that in order to sell this g-virus his latest and greatest work well, Umbrella Corporation gets wind of that. And they send a team there to es- essentially retrieve the virus, but also kill him in the process. Wait, is that, do they do the same thing? Do they do no, so things? T-Virus is like the zombie virus that right. you see. So G-Virus. Um, think of like the big mutiny, like mutant, crazy, big, weird ass abominations. But why would you want more bad things in the world? It's a, these are supposed to be bioweapons that would be used in our military, supposedly, in order yeah, but to... they got out and now everybody Exactly. Bad. It did not go well. So Umbrella came to William Birkin, like, hey, William Birkin, we're going to take this now. And he's like, like, hell you will. And they shoot him and kill him, but they didn't know he had a vial in his hand when they killed him. So as he's dying, he injects himself, and then he slowly morphs into... Why would you do that? I would just die. Well, he literally died, but then he You're turned into... You're asking so many questions, Timer. I know, I'm sorry. No, no, no you fine. don't have to be no, sorry. No, no, that's what I love about you. So that's, so that's what happens. And so what Claire Redfield is doing is she is wandering around the Raccoon City Police Department. She finds Sherry Birkin, who is the daughter of William Birkin. Oh, poor, poor chick. Yeah, and so William Birkin is always hunting down Sherry because in the G-Virus... The virus wants to replicate, but the virus can only successfully replicate with something that shares that DNA. So he's looking for his daughter in to order to inject her with this is sound really bad. It's a weird game. Inject her with the G virus, his G virus, because then she's the only one who can process it and then also spread and grow into like another abomination. Otherwise, then, it'll just kill the host. But then wouldn't. If, I'm not trying that, to get too off the weeds here. true for her, that, does, it, does it succeed down? So, like, if you were the last of your line, would it just die out? I think there's a chance of it working for people who aren't within your DNA, but it's very, very low. Okay. So that's why he's, like, seeking her out. Sure, sure. Pure primal instinct. Anyway, so that, that's that's the setting of but all he's this. But he's not a, a aware he's at, at this point, right? Like, he's his brain is... That's the assumption. We don't sure. ever actually find that out, but I'm assuming because he's trying to... So it's like a big us. hulky zombie with an injector? Uh, no, no, no. The virus, he injected himself. The virus is now in him, and now he's... It's like it's the zombies. You know, you bite, a zombie bites on a human that transfers the virus. Okay, we, the way you were making it sound, I was like, does this man have a syringe? So, well, he inject... <laughs> didn't he inject himself to keep the virus alive within his body? That could have been the reason. Either that or he just wanted to survive and become, like, a superhuman bioweapon. But with the G-virus, what he mm. does is he spits out little parasites. It's Ew. not like a zombie where it travels through their saliva or blood. Oh, uh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so that's the premise of Claire's story in Resident Evil 2. Um, the game looks great. It looks better than when I saw it at E3. And when I say looks, I'm talking about all of the uh, the, the lighting effects, mm-hmm. um, the animations. Um, it, it looks better because when I watched it, when I played it at E3, it felt like there was like a graphical difference between the animation for the character models and what, what we were seeing within the backgrounds of the environment. So mm-hmm. it felt like there was like this weird like juxtaposition between like really high poly count on the characters and then like kind of like low counts on like oh, some of the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so it looked 
I'm gonna just say it, didn't, it didn't look good. Yeah. No, yeah. that's really funny because in the, all the old Resident Evil games, it was all pre-rendered backgrounds that looked phenomenal, and the character models looked like shit. So that's maybe they, they were like, let's flip it, they, <laughs> or flip it. like they just didn't do that <gasps> they, much with the backgrounds, and then yeah, they did a lot they with they the character models, to do the characters first, and then we're like, mm-hmm. we'll work on the backgrounds later. Yeah. So it looks good. Um, yeah. looks better than when I saw it the first time. Um. And it plays really great. So, like, they've, you know, they've moved the camera position a little bit in the remake from from the original. And that really helps, particularly in the combat sections, to be able to, like, see a little bit. You still move fucking slow as molasses. <laughs> um, which there's is no, like, slight. Sli- well, I mean, you, you can, like, walk. you can kind of hustle a little bit. But yeah. there's no, like, outright sprinting away from these abominations, which right? Which makes no sense. Because you'd be going full speed if something weird was chasing you. Well, and if you're gonna remake a game, like why not add in a sprint move feature? Ass. <laughs> you know, have a move your ass um, button. But move I know that it kind button. of takes away from like the atmospheric building and like the whole point Whatever, of Resident make it Evil. A mode. No, listen, I'm with I'm with you. No, I'm just you know trying <laughs> know you to are. hypothetically imagine why they wouldn't do this. Um, but I d- was in this gun combat scene, so we're in like a what looks like a machinery room mm-hmm. where there's um like a bunch of alleyways and things you're basically running in a big circle it's like yeah it's like a little mini boss arena right yeah Yeah. exactly um and so you can craft thing like that like like acid grenades on the fly which is inevitably how i took them down but like i almost ran out of ammo by the end of it which is my least favorite part about survival horror games same here yeah i hate that yeah but but you love it though but i love it smack them well, you die, I guess. You, you do it over. So I think I watched, um, it could have been IGN's demo of, I'm assuming what you played. Right. And actually, no, it wasn't IGN. It was the community manager for Street Fighter, I think, was playing it. And uh, he found a whole bunch of ammo in like a nook at the end of the fight. And he's like, that would have been helpful earlier. So Yeah, so I ran out of ammo right away because I was just bad at shooting this guy that was approaching me because I was freaking out. Because you have yeah. to shoot his eye, and the, which and is the, like on his arm. And, and the person helped me at the demo was like, hey, if you go over here, there's a cache of ammo. And I was like, thank you. God bless you. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, she could tell that I was struggling and I wasn't there to try to... Because I had two games I had to play because I was also playing Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, listen, I have a limited amount of time. If I was playing by myself in my house, like, it'd be fine for me sure. to, like, figure that out on my own. But, like, right. I gotta go. help, help me. <laughs> um, and so she showed me where the caches were, but it doesn't make it easier to get to them because it's still, like, chasing you very viciously. Yeah. Wait, so does it run fast and you run slow? It chases after you, but it also jumps up, right? And then it randomly crashes down. But let me see if I can pull up the gameplay because it's got this giant eye on it, and it's like I am Sauron. It's like really gross looking. Of course, it's so good though, and it just gets better and better the more the games. Oh, um. Mm. So he's a big hulky thing, and so I don't think he he. So the way the boss fight goes down is, you know, like Andrea said, there's all these little corridors and nooks and crannies, and you never know which angle he's going to approach from. He does hop up on top, and then he'll drop down on you suddenly, like around you. Hold on, let me get rid of this. And he does have a big eye that is like on his arm, and that's obviously his weak point, and that's the part you try to shoot. So this is the thing that's like chasing you. But it's hard to shoot that thing when it's running around. And here's the thing is I'm going to do real bad at this combat because you have to have precision to shoot the weak point, and I'm really, really bad at that. And my favorite way to play Resident Evil games. Uh, it was with well, probably because the the person playing this demo doesn't want him to get close enough to like so you can see it. Mm-hmm. But just know that he's like a mutated gross monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that bad looking actually. I just wait. 
I mean, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't once blink. he's up close and he's like trying to eat you, and his oh, face sure, is like sure. kind of there, I'm kind of there. You could see the big eye there. I'm far yeah. away. It's okay. Plus, it's a big exactly. mess. Yes. Um. So the gunplay felt felt good. Mm-hmm. Um. The on the fly crafting um felt good. Painfully slow in some instances, but um better than hey, not being able to craft on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm interested, but. <gasps> Yay! I wasn't. I'm gonna say I wasn't before the Claire demo. I was like, listen, you just like her red. Leon's jacket. a cutie. That's fine, yeah. but like, I really don't care about this storyline. But like everything that happened with Claire and the other character um, in this demo, I was just like, all right, that's awesome. Right, I think I'm. I think I'm in. Yay! Oh, that makes me so happy. I mean, I'm honestly pretty scared to play this game, and like, not like oh, I'm screwed. I'm a little like terrified to play this because it looks so. Fun. I mean, I've played the E3 demo twice now. Yeah, uh, obviously I haven't. That, and that's just as Leon. I haven't played as Claire, but the way the zombies move, the fact that the zombies can come through the doors now, well, it's like yeah. So the idea doors. that the zombies can open the doors in this game, I was like, that's not fair, you motherfuckers. No. It's, like, I mean, what's that's that true. about? If you're not going to let me speed up, you need yeah. to you call. You got to pick a lane. <laughs> no, I totally agree. That's something that I I don't. I don't like that about this is that the zombies can come through doors. You it's can't, like, like fix the never the resident AI and make them. Yeah. Better, but then not give you the ability because to get like away. as a character, yeah. you know, you open the door, but the zombies just like run into it. And it's like, boom, we're going to open. And it's like, nah, like I don't think. No. Yeah. Cause that was part of obviously in the old Resident <laughs> Evil games, like transfer between like sections, you know, you would get the black screen and you'd see the door and creak open. And that was the transition to the next game. And it's like, okay, you know, if you go into a new section that you're, you're safe. I, air quotes for those of you listening safe but the fact that they can bust through i understand that that makes it more intense for the survival horror aspect of it but sure. for my own sanity like where's the comic relief in this fucking game yeah <laughs> that's kind of like, uh, i think yeah, the I idea is there is none right shady. i guess but damn gina oh well yeah oh yeah. awesome well i'm happy you have more you had a positive interaction with it yeah it was good I still want like a baby ass baby mode. Yeah, and I don't think this game has a difficulty. I think what it does is yeah, it adjusts, I don't think so. Yeah, it adjusts your your gameplay and your style. And if you suck, it'll it's like you're real bad. There you go. I'm kind of contemplating just getting eaten a lot in the beginning, so it'll put me on baby ass baby mode. But just be like, oh wow, so you're I gonna died cheese ten it, times cheese in the beginning. I'm into it. Please listen. I love this game for the story and the lore, not for the fucking death all the time, not for dying in the gunplay. Speaking of story death. of my life, speaking of death, um, speaking of death. <laughs> Oh, that's a good transition. Oh, good. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, obviously wasn't here for last week. I was in Orlando, but before that, I had been playing the shit out of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I love this game so much. It might be my favorite installment in the series. And oh my god, candy corn. we're eating candy corn for everybody. Listening. And so I haven't talked to you about this, Andrea, but I just Assassin's Creed Odyssey just isn't clicking with me for some reason. Oh no, I know. I know it makes me really sad and I was telling Simon I don't know if it's because I feel like at the time I knew that Red Dead Code would be coming in soon I still hadn't fin- started Tomb Raider I haven't finished Dragon Quest I haven't finished Spider-Man and the map of Assassin's Creed is just so daunting and huge and large and that is what she said <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it is but I cannot get into any Assassin's Creed game. I love the narrative I love watching the story and watching where it's going but as soon as I start playing it I just kind of lose the interest and I don't know why that is hmm. yeah it's really bizarre so I started up Tomb Raider and what I found about it that I loved it was it was much more linear obviously and you right. know where you're going you know what you're doing it's more action-packed there's much more dialogue and character interactions and for me that was what i think i was craving at the time 
and we'll talk about this about Red Dead, but obviously Red Dead is also a very large game, but I'm not finding that I'm having the same issue that I had with Odyssey. So it could just be a setting thing, which is weird because I thought I would love Greece. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. And I, like I was talking during our uh, Patreon pre-show live stream, Jason's playing Odyssey right next to me while I'm playing Red Dead. And I love watching him play. I'll like look over there and watch the cutscenes and see what he's doing. But once I have the controller in my hand, for some reason, I'm like, eh. Oh, it's really strange. Anyway, Tomb Raider, I really like it. I like where it's going. I like Laura Croft, even though she's kind of a flawed character in her own ways. But the game's really fun to play. Where are you at in that game? If you can tell me without being too spoilery. I'm trying to even remember. Um, I don't even know if I could tell you. I haven't okay. played it in a few weeks. I don't remember. Hmm. I, oh, oh, wait. I'm 50%. Okay. I remember that. Okay. I, remember leaving I think for... I have an idea of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's really fun. Really entertaining. It's what you would expect. But to me, that's okay. If that feels good. I think it'll be end up on my top like five to seven personal game of the years because it's just really fun. How do you have the sliders? I have combat on, I think, easy because I'm a baby ass baby mode, but I have all the puzzles and exploration and stuff on normal. There was, okay. Does that sound right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, Simon this too. It's like I, Tomb Raider isn't a hard game by any means, but it's just so much easier to put on baby ass baby mode and just kill everything and move through and experience the story. And that's just like what I like about these games. I can't remember if I ever talked about it. Um, but I think that there was one part of the combat where I was like, this was weird. Mm-hmm. And it was the fact that they, and I feel like they've done this in the past ones too, maybe, but I don't remember. They introduce the the enemy type awake with infrared goggles. And then there's like one part where you just have to figure out how to get around them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then immediately they negate it. And then immediately they're like, but you can do this and go and get around them. And I was like, why the fuck did you even put these in here? Yeah, you know, like what? Yeah, I, I just thought that weird because I was like, oh shit, it's gonna get harder now. Like it's gonna like this is gonna be a challenge to try and get around these guys because mm-hmm. they can see you. Oh, but I'm fine. But then the next level, it was like, no, you really only had to kill like those two dudes at one time, it, and then otherwise you were fine. Yeah, but no, I really enjoy it. I like all the uh, challenge tombs and finding all, uh, collecting all the things I can. Tomb Raider is one of those games that I want to collect all the things. That's a game I definitely want to go back to when I have some time, like mm-hmm. in December or January. Because <laughs> um, like, I'm like you, haven't finished Assassin's Creed, haven't finished Spider-Man, haven't finished Red Dead, obviously. Um, haven't finished, I haven't even finished the content in Forsaken and Destiny. Um, I re-deleted Destiny. No, Simon, no! I can't stop. No, I just don't. You tell me do you it. want me to remove you from the clan? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> Legit, no. I was just like, as I was playing, I'm like, I just don't care about this game anymore, and like, I don't know why I keep, yeah. I keep trying for you, but <laughs> I I'm appreciate just, like, that. There's, there's just a point where I would rather spend my time another way. That's fair. That's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Right, I get it. It's not for everybody. No, it's a, it's a commitment. It is. Um, you're just not capable of committing. You know what? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> she wasn't going to let that go. So you talk bad that about her destiny. Just kidding. I love you, Steimer. Um, all right. Let's talk about Fallout, huh? Tell us how janky it was. So Fallout, interestingly. <laughs> it was pretty janky. Because they put um, out, I, I say this because they put out a statement. We didn't cover it in the news, but they, they put out basically kind of like a weird press release. Not really a press release, but a community statement sort of a thing. 
that was like, we appreciate your patience. This is going to be broken. And <laughs> to me, I was like, I kind of, people were like, oh, like GG, uh, or not not good game, but like good guy, uh, Bethesda, <clears throat> way to be up front with people. And I was like, no, this annoys me. And this annoys me because this is always you knew you. this was going to be the issue. And yet you gave, gave it a hard release date and you only made your beta a month out. Mm. which means you don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time to fix things that might need fixing yeah it's so like that that annoyed me anyways but tell us about tell us of your time no it, it was a, it was a not like it was a, timed so yeah. there are people who are rightfully upset that they pre-ordered the game with the anticipation of getting beta access specifically for their pre-order bethesda did not mention at all during their advertisement of the pre-order that it would be a limited timed pre-order and that you would only have specific hours of the day mm. to play it. That is, is a hard ju- because like wh- yeah. people have schedules. It's a gigantic oversight. And quite frankly, there's nothing wrong with having a timed beta. There is something wrong with incentivizing people to purchase something with access to the beta and not giving details or limiting the beta in such a way. I really hope Bethesda doesn't do that again. Um that being said, um, I was able to get into the first session. Um, Bethesda did provide me with a code to play in the beta, in the Fallout 76 beta, the break it early test application. And my immediate reaction when I logged in, I made my character, I tweeted her, she's really cute, um, <laughs> was like, wow, this looks almost exactly like Fallout 4. Now, wouldn't be a terrible thing if this was like Fallout 4 DLC, but I was hoping that there would be at least a little bit of difference sure. uh, or improvement in the art style or the way that the graphics look. That said, it doesn't look bad. It just no. looks exactly like Fallout 4. Well, the architecture, I mean, of an lo- online game, I wouldn't imagine they would necessarily be able to beef up the graphics too much to get it to run. Well, they don't need to beef it up like a lot. Like a lot. You just wanted a little zhuzh. Yeah. A little zhuzh. A little, a little zhuzh. I'm not expecting like a full open world game that, you know, looks... That that accommodates, you know, like a like an MMO does sure. all of these different players, sure. but also looks, you know, like an Assassin's Creed or a Red Dead, or even, you know, what's another big open world game that just came out? What am I thinking about? I was I remember booting this up, going oh, so many open world games right now. Um, it'll come to me eventually. So load in. Uh, you start in the vault, and you do this little tutorial section. Uh, the RPG system with the different categories is the same as in um, previous Fallouts, but the way that they assign points is a little different. So previously, you know, in, in all Fallout games, when you make your character, you assign your points to th- the different categories for how you want your character to play. Yeah. Here, every category starts with one point, and there's a card system. Okay. So as you do missions, you earn cards and points, and then you can spec points into the different categories but then you pick like a perk card to assign to that specific uh vertical of does that also increase your point or is it just at a is it just yes is it just a point it's like one card is one point um and then each point that you unlock unlocks access to different types of cards i believe okay I don't have it all figured out just yet. Sure. Because I, mean, I only, only sp- like a couple of hours. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was like I spent like two and a half, almost three hours in the game. Okay. So there's a lot of questions that I still have. Sure. Uh, the next uh, session is on Saturday, but um, I believe we'll be in the middle of our stream. I kind of joked around on Twitter, I think earlier that I was like, well, if we 
want a break from playing scary games we want to jump into fallout we could but um i I would love that but i know Brittany wouldn't let me have my moment well i mean after after the scary stream oh that'd be fun because the palate cleanser because i think it's from i think it's from 5 to 7 p.m oh yeah i'd love to see it in action pacific time i'd be down but i have to double check yeah okay so I um I get outside the vault and I'm going to look for the overseer of the vault sure. and um I go into my first I, I I run into my first real life person right away. So when you pull up the map, you everybody who's in the instance with you kind of shows up as a a little dot on the map and you can see them all moving around on the map, okay. which is kind of cool. So you can see where everybody in the world is. And um so I immediately emote. There's an emote wheel. <laughs> And I was like, hey, friend, how's it going? And then they were like, let's be in a party. And I was like, sure, why the heck not? Let's do it. And then we just kind of walked around and like looked at stuff and picked up stuff. And um, I ran into my first like complaint. Oh, when you got when we got to the first little hub section where there were like three different crafting tables, um, because in Fallout, when you are at the crafting table, there's an animation of your character like banging away at the table. Yep. You have to wait in line to use the crafting <gasps> no. tables. Oh. Yeah. Now how many tables are there? There's one of each type. In so a there was area. so there was one armor so table, one weapon own. table, one chemistry oh. table. One ta- like you'd have to find a table somewhere else that no one was using. There was two camp campfires, so there was two crafting tables in the hub, but like that's still just two for like like there were seven people in the hub when I no, was see, there. That's not typical for MMOs like that. No, you no. can go interact yeah. with it regardless. Yeah, I think- yeah, basically your character doesn't animate. You just kind of stand there, but right, then the right, menu right. opens yeah. up on your screen. And so that's the first problem that I ran into because when you're playing Fallout by yourself, it's kind of neat that you're standing at a bench. Sure, you know your character's Mirroring like banging away. away or whatever on whatever you're making. But in an area where you have to share the table. And so you're pretty much at the mercy of the people in the instance to get off the table when they're done crafting. Right. Or what if someone's like, oh, shit, someone call me for dinner and I'm still at the crafting table. Yeah, and I, leave, I can't imagine they would keep that. Yeah, they need to. F- that's yeah. a must fix. Yeah. So that's like the first like, sure. hey, this sucks. This is a, an immediate pain point that was not fun. Right. Um, and so I ended up just leaving because I, I <laughs> and the problem was like one of the first quests is you have to craft a piece of light armor or whatever. Oh, my God. So um, they're going to send every. <laughs> Everybody do these crafting tables. Yes, and then there you have to fucking get in line. Oh, it's no. like taking okay, over. So wait, wait, is the line like an actual line? Well, or no, is it key? Oh, no, no like it's, it's a, a, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> it's, it's a free-for-all for whoever, because okay. you just got to stand yeah, next to them. That definitely won't stand. And I didn't get into proximity chat because that's just not my thing. No. Um, but I've heard, I've read a bunch of terrible stories about people in proximity chat as well. I had it, I had it turned off so I couldn't hear Smart. it. Yeah. But... um. So I'm out in the world, and um, it is definitely Have you abandoned the party at this point. Yeah, okay. no, I, I left okay. those. I left those guys. I was okay. like, hey, because they he invited somebody else to join, and I was just like, listen, like I just need to like go do these missions by myself for a little while. Yeah, because um, I'm not used to playing Fallout with anybody. Right. I don't play Bethesda games with people. You know, mm-hmm. like they're very yes. solo <laughs> experiences. And so I was like, I just want to kind of wander around and listen to hollow tapes. Oh my gosh. There are so many hollow tapes. I don't know why there's so many hollow tapes to pick Everyone up in the beginning of the game. Everyone. Um, so is that how they tell the story? Yeah. So generally what you do is, you know, you'll pick up a tape and then it'll play while you're walking around the world and it'll give you some right. context as to like some of the side quests that you're mm-hmm. doing. The radio stations return, uh, tuning the radio frequencies return. I mean, it feels a lot like Fallout 4. Um, so far, I haven't gotten far enough in the narrative. I, I only made it to like level five or six. Um, before I dipped out 
of the beta to go back to playing Red Dead, but um, the guns feel identical. Um, you can still change from first person to third person, which is, you know, a nice thing that Bethesda does. You can... Uh, the thing I did really like... Vats on other people? Um, I haven't tried using vats on other players. You unlock PvP once you get to level five. Ah. So I don't... I didn't tool around with any of the online settings to see what you can and can't turn on and off as far as to, like, who can kill you in certain instances of the world. Sure. Um, but I tried to just stay away from people because I didn't want to fight anybody. So instead, I was just running into super mutants everywhere. In which case, it's kind of nice to run into people because then they help you fight the super mutants. <laughs> but the enemy of my enemy is my, my friend. friend. Exactly. Yeah. One thing I really like that they did that I want more RPGs to do is they allowed you to have different character skins, different outfits, but the armor you had equipped was invisible. So oh. like in previous Fallout games, your armor is left piece, right piece arms and legs so you're wearing you know five to six pieces of armor depending on what you're wearing Mm -hmm. um and so that can get kind of bulky and ugly depending on like if i'm wearing like a like a light leather piece here and like maybe i'm wearing you know like a power suit piece on my other arm or whatever it looks weird but what they allow you to do is like wear a complete outfit and it covers all the armor you don't see the armor but you yes. still get oh, okay. all the benefits that the is armor. good yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I that's cool look how i want to look yeah. yeah so they like even had in the on screen they're like well walk around the wasteland in style by hiding your armor and i was like okay that's great i love that <laughs> we know it's ugly here you go <laughs> well it's at least ugly in the beginning right like oh, oh totally. yeah i mean you're i would just argue it's ugly all the time because it's usually scrap right like, it's fallout like yeah but yeah, and in I'm most with RPGs, you. <laughs> you're just equipping the best piece of gear, and you just look like a mismatched fool. Oh my god, I yeah. still remember my metal hot pants, and wow, it was so weird. Oh, yeah, it was basically chain metal, like booty shorts. That sounds that right. was better than the full plate armor. Full plate armor that I had. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. I was like these must be some sort of weird magic <laughs> video games. Yeah. Um. So. So I am. Um, did you run into any technical hiccups? Oh yes. Um, right. What from the from the moment I got out into the wasteland, out of the vault, um, the the backgrounds popped in and out as I was moving. So as I would constantly, ru- yes. So as Ooh. I would run forward, the background would pop in as I was running forward. Um, a little bit. The draw distance where it was popping in was pretty far, okay. but still, like it was incredibly noticeable. Um obviously some of the normal like, things you, okay you would there, experience you okay yeah. there mountain you still yeah. there <laughs> so that some rubber banding which i expected yeah. um some you know items of the world popping in and out me like glitching through certain things in the world all things that i was anticipating seeing not only in a beta but just in a bethesda game <laughs> yeah, there you um, and so it didn't bother me too much obviously you know they need to fix these issues before launch <laughs> Because you expect them in a beta, you don't expect them in a in a polished finished game. But they only got a month. That's the thing I'm concerned about. I feel this like this I is going to be a big work in progress. And I was talking online with somebody about this and how they very you know astutely mentioned that when Elder Scrolls Online launched, it was kind of garbage for like the first year to two years, and then it wasn't until like year two or year three that it really got good and really started. Um, providing an experience from a Bethesda game studio game that fans, particularly Elder Scrolls fans, were looking for. 
And so I'm hoping that it doesn't take that long for Fallout like 76 the, to get their act together. But the problem is, like, the Elder Scrolls peaked at the beginning when it wasn't very good in terms of player base, right? Like, I imagine no. the player base now is not bigger than it was before. Uh, they have a very healthy player base no, right they have now. A health, I'm not arguing that they don't. You I'm mean just, just saying, in sheer numbers? Yes. I'm just saying, just statistically, your numbers are higher when you first launch a game versus later. Even if you don't drop off that much, it's very, yeah. I think it's... Probably yeah, pretty rare. It'll yeah, be like- normally, but for live service games, it's hard to tell because I look at a game like Rainbow Six Siege that had a fantastic launch, but actually grew quite substantially in like year two, year three. I think we're in year four now. Um, I don't even think about that game. So yeah, it's not. I mean, but like, <laughs> I'm just games out of my purview. Right. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just comparing it to another games no, of service, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, clearly, Fallout seventy six is being set up as a games of service for Bethesda, like something that they want to continue to, you know, add content so. to and things like that. But um, unless everybody nukes everything, because right there, are new- <laughs> yeah, there are. So I don't know how any of that works, <laughs> yeah, right? Because no, you were you were pretty early, yeah. On. So we're going to have another session this weekend, and I'm guess- guessing we're going to get some more. Um, I wonder what they would do in that situation. Like, what would you do? Because like, if people are setting off nukes in this, wor- in this world, theoretically, that means everyone's dead. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, no one, you don't survive that. You don't survive the radiation for sure. Um so if people like set off enough, like what happens? Like I've never, I've yeah. never played an online game where it's like, by the way, here are the keys to basically turning off this game <laughs> at yeah. some point, I mean, right? Like just yeah. because it wouldn't make any sense. Well, if- maybe that's why they had to make the map four times bigger so that the large swath of the map uh, can just be wiped out by nuclear fallout. Like, that would hey, suck. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's all going to work. The thing, the big takeaway I've seen from a lot of people online is like, yes, it's more fallout. I want more fallout. But I want to play Fallout by myself. I don't want to play Fallout with friends. So the private server issue is a big thing because Todd Howard said we're contemplating private servers. Oh, I thought he pretty much guaranteed them, but said they weren't coming out for a while. I don't think that's the case. Oh, well, shit. Let me look. Um, Regardless, there's no private servers at launch. No. Mm -mm. Even if Bethesda decides to move forward with private servers, which I really hope they do. Um, there's no telling when private servers are going to be implemented. Um, and it's, um, it's tough because people online, and I know it's a beta and people are kind of goofing around. And I think like the community will probably settle down, you know, like in the month Mm -hmm, or two post launch, mm -hmm. you won't get like people just behaving like asshats everywhere. But right now it's like, like when I played, there was just like a bunch of people running around doing shit. And the thing that was the hardest for me was the loot because mm. Fallout is a loot game. Right. Like you're constantly looting and scavenging. And in this world, if you're following people around, they can loot the boxes ahead of you and then the, you get up there and they're empty. Now, not all of them are like that. There's certain toolboxes and certain things that you open that mm-hmm. will, that always have items in them. But like half the boxes I found in the world that were lootable were empty because somebody was in there first. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. to me is like, I don't want to yeah. waste my time in a loot game that's all about scavenging where I have to like go and loot everything uh, and find that like just because somebody made it through the world ahead of me, just ahead of me, that like everything's mm-hmm. empty. Yeah. So uh, also I wanted to say I was wrong. Apparently I'm just looking at Steam. I'm not even looking at their actual. I don't know what their actual numbers are. But according to Steam, it looks mm-hmm. like they're 
increased numbers over time um, on Elder Scrolls. Also, QuakeCon 2018, Todd Howard said that private servers are definitely something that we are doing. We are committed to it. It's not just having a private server. It's being able to mod it. Okay, so, so they are doing it. Because what I'm hearing from you is it sounds like, and I know some people love the whole online experience and how whatever other people do, that affects how your game plays out. I think, I'm not one of those people. No, 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 I'm not, no, no, I'm not either. either. So that's why I'm really thinking I'm very interested in this game, but I think I'm going to wait for private servers. I think I'm just going to wait for a really long time. Honest. Oh. Like I just, this to me, I mean, I'll play a little just to like say that I did. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I want to hop in the beta just to experience it. But long term play, I, I'll wait till private. this isn't a thing I personally want. And I'm going to wait until they kind of get their shit together a little bit more. A la. Elder Scrolls. Plus, I really want to see, like, I want to understand what happens with these nukes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the it's, it's a good idea to kind of observe. Um, I'm really obviously intrigued by, you know, like, playing the story and figuring out, like, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I really enjoy Bethesda games. I I just, like... I just want Starfield. I just, like, I, I'm going to be honest and just say that I have open world fatigue. I really just no, do right now. Yeah, I think it's that's a, real a really thing. good point. Like there's there is so much happening and every every game has to be bigger and better, quote unquote, than the last one. And at some point you get tired because like you just can't do it. Now, I would argue probably the average person is not doing what we are all doing. Correct. They're right. not picking up all of these games. Um, so they might love it. Right. They might be like, oh, my God, now I can just pick a game that will last me, to me months, and it right. will last for a really long time. But when you're in the industry and you are somewhat required to play through these games it just becomes really fatiguing really fast and i think that's why i like tomb raider so much because i felt like i was making progress with every hour that i spent playing right that's what i felt about tomb raider and spider-man like they were technically both open world but the open world wasn't overwhelming it Mm -hmm. was a good size where like yes there were things to do and you had a lot to explore but you weren't going to be stuck there forever right true well Hopefully, you guys have had some fun experiences with your friends in Fallout 76's beta. If you were there for the appropriate hours. Um, but if not, you can wait until November. It's coming out very soon. <laughs> very <Or> soon. <laughs> longer and then get a better polished game. There you go. The choice is up to you. Uh, Brittany, you played one other thing. Dungeon Village. So this is made by the same people who made Game Dev Story. Remember that back oh, in the yeah. day? Yeah, that game. Yeah, they made a lot of games that are similar like that. But I was looking for something to play. I can't remember the name. I'm awful. Are you looking it up? I will look it up for you right Thank now. Thank you so much. I love you. Um, and it just came to Switch. So Dungeon Village and another game that's made by the same folks, but it's about running a spa in Japan, I think, or an onsen, hot spring. What? Kairosaw. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, and so I was just like, so I've been craving a Harvest Moon Story of Seasons game, like real bad, like really bad. And I can't find, I tried playing Harvest Moon on iPad. I tried playing on PC and it's just like, hot, it it's hot you. garbage. Like, yeah. Let's just keep it real. And Story of Seasons is probably like still like at least two years off. So I'm looking for something that is, has that repetitive gameplay loop that's just kind of feel good. You can't really fuck it up. You're just going to like make. Oh, pro- I've fucked up Harvest Moons before. Well, you can. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it was a Harvest Moon where I accidentally smacked my horse with a hammer. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. Don't do that. And I was like, I was trying to hit the tree. The horse was just in the way right there. It's kind of like when you shot your horse in Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) What's wrong with you, Simon? He ran into the horse killer. He ran into it. (laughs) And so the whole idea of this is that you are managing a village full of 
adventurers. So think about it like it's an RPG. Like an adventurer guild? No, no, not really. No, people just come and go. And if you if they like you enough, they'll stick around. And so I played this a few weeks ago, and I'm trying to like recall it from the best of my memory. Even though I did probably spend like eight to ten hours this is on, on your this. phone. It's on my Switch. Switch. Yeah, it came to Switch. And you have to build armor shops, item shops, weapon shops, inns, casinos, like all these things. You have to make your village super du- duper attractive to these people. You have to upgrade them. And how you do that is you have you, so your villagers have to defeat monsters. Uh-huh. And when they defeat monsters, you get points that you can use to upgrade your village. And then you also get coins by undergoing missions and stuff like that. It's complicated and hard to explain because I still don't even really know what I did because there's a lot of mechanics going on with it. But what I would say is if you're looking for an easy time seeing something that is just kind of like a fun, repetitive gameplay loop, but you're always progressing, it's a really good game to pick up. It's maybe like 13 bucks, and I got probably 10 hours out of it. It's fun. It's a good time. I would recommend. Really cute. Feel good. Nice. Yeah, little Boston sin. makes good me feel good. Feel good. All right. I just want to talk about Red Dead. Well, we are going to talk about Red <laughs> Dead indeed. Uh, we know that you guys have been waiting for it, so we're going to take one more quick break before we come back for our final segment. That's going to be all about our time with Red Dead Ugh. Redemption 2. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It is the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast, the segment you've been waiting for, our Red Dead Redemption 2 review in progress discussion. I don't know what we should actually officially call this. An impression. Hands-on impression? Because I haven't. So how far are you guys in? in I'm only 17% into the story. I've mostly spent my time wandering around. Okay. I am 49% progression. I'm... Uh, no, overall. overall. Okay. I'm 43% overall, 33% story. So. Okay, so I'm like, four, I think I'm 40, 47% story. My story and overall progression are really close. Okay, yeah, my overall is like 10% more. Yeah. So there's, um. so first off, we're going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. As far as the major story beats go, we're not going to tell you, you know, what happens with the characters and things like that. But we will be talking about, you know, some character names. We'll be talking about some character, lo- um, some locations in the game and some obviously gameplay systems. So if you want to go into Red Dead Redemption and you don't want any of that spoiled, you want to discover it all for yourself, totally understand. You probably want to peace out and come back and listen to this later or watch this later. Um, so we just want to get that out there. But like I mentioned. We're not going to be spoiling anything for the story for you guys because obviously we haven't even I mean, finished the game like, yet. I wouldn't be able to really spoil that much for you regardless. Um, okay, so um, we will begin. I also brought my notes because... I love you fucking wrote notes. How adorable. Listen, I haven't... It's been a long time since I felt compelled to take multiple pages of notes. I have my notes here on a video game. game too. No. But I wanted to write everything down because I, uh, I, as I tweeted earlier this week i am conflicted about this game because there's a lot that i really love and then there's some things that i'm like mm, mm, this thing bothers me um so let's start with you ladies uh Brittany. Mm-hmm. you seem incredibly enthusiastic and excited about this game <sighs> i don't even know where to start honestly i i will say i know it's not a perfect game it has some flaws to it for sure, but I think this is one of the ex- best examples of what a video game can be. 
in terms of just the optional content that may or may not be consumed Mm -hmm. that has so much effort and so much effort put into it. You know, when you're, for an example, when you're sitting around your camp area and you hear a conversation happening in the background, you can just meander over there. You don't have to, or you can, and you see these characters engaging in a conversation that you can tell has been completely choreographed for that conversation alone. I'm talking hand motions. I'm talking the looks on their faces. Just optional things that you may or may not see. But and sometimes like your character will chime in depending. And sometimes your character will chime in. And what and what that builds is that this feeling that the world doesn't revolve around you. That you, the world continues living on. And that was something I think we had seen a lot in all of the previews that we had read prior to this game launching and prior to getting hands on it ourselves was this world feels alive and it feels like it's not stopping for you. Whereas in other open world games, it feels like the story progression or the world progression just completely stops until you complete that next mission. But this one, I truly feel like I just have this huge living, breathing world at my fingertips and I can go out and experience it and no one's stopping for me. And to me, that is done so much for the immersion. Yeah, the dynamic open world is definitely incredibly well done. One of the highlights for this game so just a little bit of background for people who maybe aren't familiar with, you know, what's happening in Red Dead Redemption 2. You play as an outlaw named Arthur Morgan, and you're part of a gang led by a man named Dutch Vandalin, who appeared in the previous game, Red Dead Redemption. And he's uh, back in this game, but this game is actually set um, timeline-wise before the events of, of Red Dead Redemption. Um, so it's a little uh, confusing because it's got a number two on it, but it's technically it's a prequel. A prequel. Mm. So you st- you start out having um, talking about um, a job gone wrong, and you don't really quite know why it went wrong or what happened. You just know that there was a big take of money that you had to abandon, that you stashed somewhere in, in the area that you're wanted dead or alive, meaning... Uh, it's not like a bounty that you can pay off. Like as soon as you enter that area, everybody's trying to kill you. <laughs> um, and so you don't really go back there for a, a really a large chunk of the game. And um, and so then you kind of are figuring out like what's the next move for the gang? Where do we go next? Uh, we're kind of on the run. But we need some money. We have to find some jobs. And so that's kind of where you, the you get dropped into the world. Now, what's interesting is that clearly there are large sections of the open world that are modeled after real places, and Mm -hmm. the characters talk about real places like Ohio, Mm -hmm. but these are fictional places like that you are in. They're they're not modeled after like a real city in like the American West. In fact, you're not even in the West. You're like in the Midwest. I think it's Southwest. You eventually move to the Southwest. Right, you, you start out farther west. You and, start out in the mountains, right? And yeah. then everyone mm-hmm. is like, "We don't want to go east because we don't want to get into that civilization." Yeah, but they Those find New your, York City. Yeah, 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 it's really um quite spectacular how they were able to create. I don't really want to use the word biome, but it feels like a mm-hmm. biome. At least mm-hmm. where I'm at now, um, I'm spending a lot of my time in the swampland of the mm-hmm. like Louisiana esque. Uh, section of the world Fucking alligators yeah. and if yeah oh my god they're the worst um and it feels a lot different than the the kind of like more rolling hills area that you start out in in the game once you're through the mountain section of sure, course sure yeah but what do you think about the world timer what do i think about the oh yeah. my <laughs> stomach is like stomach. i haven't eaten since this morning <laughs> bitch you stomach has an opinion <laughs> candy corn all candy corn all the time oh my god we're all just gonna be on sugar highs here in a second <laughs> um so i think this world is really 
beautiful and in a way uh in a way quiet but not in like not in like legend of zelda there's nothing to do right like as you've said before right. um i think this game does ask you to pay attention though in a way that a lot of open world games don't a lot of open world games if you open the map and look at it it's scattered in icons right like there's you everything is there but this one is like you have to kind of just wander around there's a lot of dynamic events that will happen just as you're on the road people i know there's a couple things that have passed me um and i just haven't engaged with them because i was like you know what i'm on i'm on my way to a thing i'm not gonna bother with you (laughs) um but and then there's also little easter eggs that you might find if you look for them like if you're just going and exploring the game will reward you in that way which i find really nice also like this is the most beautiful game i've ever seen like yeah. walking like use in the animations and the way that they've modeled even the animals is incredible like riding on my horse is fucking like 12 out of 10 for me i love it and then also even when i kill a thing and put it on the back of my horse the way the body animates i'm like jesus like this is fucking crazy to me <laughs> yeah no it, it is and i'm glad yeah. i'm so glad that you brought that up um i was gonna make a zig about a, a zing about how it's, it's glad that you like riding your horse because it's all you fucking do in this game it's, but we can yes. talk about that later <laughs> um but i'm with you in the sense that like the awe and wonder at the level of detail that was done in the animation of this world because a lot of times you know we see really beautiful open world games but not every single part of the open world is so meticulously handcrafted like I think a lot of times about how amazed I am when I play Ubisoft's open world games because their art team does such a fantastic job realizing those worlds and their attention to detail. And I feel like Rockstar has taken that even maybe a step further to say, that's really amazing what this art team has done. We're going to make it even more photorealistic than anything anybody I think thought possible. And they're gonna and they maintain that quality. And I should say, you know, obviously Rockstar provided us with our codes for PlayStation 4. Um, Are you all playing on Pro? Yes. Yeah. So I'm playing on Pro as well. I'm also playing on a 4K TV with HDR turned Mm -hmm. on. Same. Um, And it's it's just mesmerizing. It's really, really beautiful. And I really like actually riding around at night in particular because it's interesting to see what the night sky would look like without all the light pollution that we currently have. And granted, obviously this is a video game, but like yeah. still, it's, Oh no, it's, it's true. So You're like, Holy shit, the Milky way. That's oh yeah. Cool. I have, like, and yep. I just, it has me thinking like, Oh my God, like, what, what would life be like back then? And it's so fascinating to think about because especially, and, and I'm sure that I had these thoughts maybe when I was playing Red Dead Redemption, but I don't know to the extent because this game does feel so much more feels real. real. Yeah. Um, has me thinking about things like yeah the only way really to communicate out that you've done a bad thing is if someone sees you and then they go and tell someone else and like that is how things are communicated they are passed through word of mouth or through telegram or you know it's or some really, other way it's really interesting you're saying that because as i was playing my dad came over and he was you know kind of like he's a western buff and he was watching me yeah play. i'm like i told john i go my dad would love this game and so yeah so my dad was over and i'm like hey dad like just stay a few hours and watch me play and he that's what he said he's like this game really makes you think and he doesn't know jack shit about video games. He doesn't know sure. about the impact video games can have on people. But that those were his his exact words. His, yeah, like damn, like this is what it was like. Yeah, and especially with the with the changes that they've made um, 
certain parts feel obviously very video gamey. I will say, uh, anytime you go to fight a gang, there's just a plethora of dudes somehow, right? Like they just is this microphone bothering you again? Uh, I mean, a little. I, I don't mind holding it though. Keep talking, Sam. I'm gonna um, fix it. <laughs> so that part always is a little bit like, okay, people are just coming out of the woodwork somehow. Sure, yeah. Uh, but that's probably much the only part that really ever feels exactly super gamey is when you're doing that. And then, um, oh, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> she's I'm making a pillow a pillow youtube.com uh, slash what's good games i don't even know what you would call that oh no you hit the seal you turned the seal on oh well, no uh, i'm uh, taking your pumpkin the pumpkin goes somewhere else and now we've got <laughs> oh, fucking careless can you put it by my feet yeah you can't see it you're no, happy he's out of frame okay oh, yeah. um <laughs> that's gonna be i can't do it until that stops <laughs> Alex the racy. Okay, okay, there we go. How, how okay. Can you back? I can't. Did I, so she's, I, I can do this. No, no, no. You get comfortable and I'll move it. Oh, my goodness. This is how the sausage gets made, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, sometimes. YouTube.com slash what's good games. The microphone gets a little amazing. I am overwieldy. You are wonderful and thank you. Don't trip over my pumpkin. He's my baby. Yes. Don't hurt my pumpkin. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, I've been looking after that pumpkin for a full year. <laughs> She has. She's You're a good pumpkin, safe. mom. Okay. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Continue. Uh, so were... the only part that felt really gamey is when oh, you're in yeah, the fight. The only part that feels gamey is when you go into like some shootout with a gang of some kind, and, and they then, pop out and of then nowhere, just and they're like, "Yeah." Wave after wave of. Dude, Where are they coming have, from? We have like thirty bodies on the ground, uh, and then here's here's a here's a nitpick. Uh, the loot animation is way too long, and. It just like it needs. Oh to, my God, Starmer! Uh, thank you. It's too long for a game of this size. It's way too and long. It would be fine if it did. I actually think Witcher did this, where like it will do the full animation for the first couple, and then it will just pick the things okay, up so, and skip over the animation, which is what you should do when you have I, thirty bodies around you. Um, but it doesn't do that, and you have to do the animation every time. And or you just have to abandon the bodies oh, because the looting. I am. Oh, no, oh, trust, sometimes, no, sometimes no, trust me, when, once to. you get into the story missions later, uh, no, I know. you're not going to be able to. Okay, so I'm, I'm, conflict, about. I'm conflicted about this because okay. on one hand, like as a gamer and as someone who, I hate that sounded really dumb, but as someone who's accustomed to video games and what video games typically do, you know, we're, we're, there are perks you can even unlock. And like Diablo, for example, you auto loot. You just walk by something and you just automatically loot it. And that's yes. convenient for us as gamers. Yes. But I feel like this game tries to stay so realistic that it does, which feels punishing. I understand, and it can yeah. be because I'm frustrated, but I also get it. It's like every every motion that Arthur Morgan does is what's the word I'm looking for. It's choreographed. Like it, there's mm-hmm. no simple press X to pay your respects or whatever the hell it is. Even press yeah, no, even just respects. it's something that I noticed right away. It was like one of the first notes that I made. Even like from chapter one is an event. No, yeah, chapter like- one, my very first note, super slow. That's the that it's a I everything felt slow. <laughs> Looting, writing, tutorials. Graphics are great. Um so I'm so glad you brought this up because it's one of my ongoing complaints about the game. And this game is like a really obviously fantastically made game, but I feel like sometimes it gets in its own way. Yeah, I could like, see that. The idea that they really want to make it almost like a cowboy simulator that also is acting as an adventure game. I first had to keep reminding myself. This is not an RPG. This is not an RPG. This is not an RPG. We're getting so many crossover genres these days with mashups of games that are trying to kind of dip their toes in several different genres that it's sometimes 
easy to forget that not every game is trying to do everything and that there are not RPG elements in this game. And I think it took me a while to like convince myself like, hey, stop looking for the RPG mechanics because you're never going to find them. Um, And so like, hopefully if you haven't started playing yet, you will go in reminding yourself this is not an RPG. And so like when I was going to loot the very first thing, I was going to pick some cans of food up off of a shelf in one of the very first environments you're in. And Arthur reaches down, swings his arm in, grabs the can, swings it back, looks at it, puts it away. F yeah. for me. I was like, whoa, is this how we're doing this? And then there was yeah. four there was four items I had to pick mm-hmm. up on that shelf. Reaches down, grabs it, reaches back, puts it in. Right. Every time and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be real tedious. And it is. It continues to be tedious throughout throughout my play session so far. Now see, like, and that's where I'm conflicted, is I feel this is one of those few games that makes me feel so immersed into it. And I think mm-hmm. that even comes down to the fact that everything is has an animation. Has an animation. And I never feel like I'm playing a video game unless mm, you just I, feel like you are this guy and you would of course go to grab that can of food because otherwise how would you get it? Right. And and be, and because like this is my main game, I don't feel like I'm rushed. I don't feel like I have anything else I need to get to, which we all do have other things to get to. But for the moment, I'm letting myself just enjoy the pace of this, and that includes the slow animation because it does add to the immersion. It's funny that you say that you don't feel rushed because one thing that I noted in my notes as well, that continues to be an incredible annoyance of mine Mm -hmm. is how rushed the NPCs make you in the world. Oh no. And the missions it's real bad. And it's not just the missions too. It's some of the, some of the open world things where the NPCs constantly are telling you, Hurry up, do this thing, come here faster. Why aren't you here? Let me, yet? Let me clarify. Let, let, let me clarify. When I say I don't feel rushed, I'm talking about in real life, in my game, in my room. Yeah, in, in my real right. life. You're, no, yeah. but I was just using it as a dumb segue. Oh, oh sorry. I wasn't trying to co opt what you were saying. I was just saying, like, it's funny that you don't feel rushed because actually I feel rushed all the time. <laughs> and that is a complaint of mine. And during missions, you know, especially if you have a shootout where you kill like dozens of enemies, you know, they you have loot them all. You want to loot them because yeah. money is hard to come by, especially in the beginning well, of this not game. If, I guess if you rob people, but if you're trying to be good, it's right. okay. There's not much to buy with it. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yes, we will. Horsies. Horsies. Um, and so that was always that, that was an annoyance. I feel like I want to pull a dick move and I want to kill someone random because my morale, like I'm very far on the right and I'm very like a good person. Your but honor if, is high. My honor is high. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. And if I if I want to kill someone because they have like a, a safe or something I want to get into. OK, fine. There's no one around. The minute I shoot my bow at that motherfucker and kill them, there's someone who's reporting it. And then all of a sudden I'm like rushed. I'm like, what is going on? That isn't that isn't a complaint a complaint of mine. Yeah, did you try stealth killing him? I don't know if that... with a bow. I mean, no, not with a bow. Stealth? Like oh. walking up with a knife and but, shanking him. And I think that's where like the realistic part. I love the realism of it, but in that sense, it becomes an annoyance because I'm like, okay, if you're going to be so realistic, no one's going to hear me pull a bow, an arrow back in my bow and shoot this person. All of a sudden, someone decides to trot by, or maybe there's not even anyone because I always look on my map or I, or I listen for um, like hooves of a horse. I'm like, okay, no one's by. All of a sudden, crime's been reported, and I have to halt hits and get out of there. And there's bodies everywhere. There's a safe I didn't get to because I don't want to get caught and I don't want a bounty. Yeah, so I'm. This is kind of the core of my complaints of the game is that it seems like some of these systems just kind of get in their own way. Yeah, and like the. the the way that the game is so deliberately trying to make you play in a specific way is a constant pain point in my playthrough. 
Um, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because I think what they're trying to do with this game is really amazing. Like not only just from like an art and animation standpoint, because I think we can't say enough about how fantastic the art and animations are in this game. But I think like what it comes down to is that I'm not looking for a playable cinema experience in a game of this length. So this is a game, I'm now about 35 to 40 hours in, and I'm just hitting the halfway point. So, right, so I'm looking at at least a 70 to 80 hour experience, if not more. Yeah, if I really, an average of 100. If I really want to take my time doing some more of the open world stuff and going hunting and exploring, right? That is a long time commitment. And I think the the problem that I'm having with it is that the gameplay portion seems so few and far between. And then when you get to them, there's just all of these pain points around them. Uh, case in point with you talking about, you know, how you thought you were stealth killing somebody out in the middle of nowhere that nobody could report it. I was in a city in Saint-Denis on my horse. I got there accidentally. I like was riding a train and I rode the train all the way in. Um, and so I wasn't there story-wise yet. Oh, and did you? I I did that too, and then like my horse was following along the train. Yeah, no, my yeah. my horse followed the train <laughs> I was too. Like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, I I got off the train, got on my horse, and was riding around in the city. And um, spoilers, <laughs> light spoilers. No one in Santini likes it when you ride your horse. The, the NPCs hate it when you ride your yeah, horse you in Santini. Slow, it's okay. Um, like like you real, go, you have to go like, really slow. Not even like, like not a trot. A, not a trot, like a walk. like a canter. It yeah, needs yeah. to walk. <laughs> um. And so I accidentally sideswiped um, a oh, pedestrian. Yeah. And like, it was an accidental thing. Like, I didn't like run him down. Right. My horse like nudged him. And apparently that's unarmed assault in that city. And a witness Girl. immediately reported it. And 15 guys chased me on my horse out of the city for accidentally sideswiping him. And then I had an $80 bounty on my head. And I was like, what? Yeah. 100%. I've definitely bumped people there and not no. gotten up. I was in yeah. the same city and I was walking to, uh, I think it was a photographer. And I was literally just going there to like enjoy myself. I had no missions on my mind. I'm like, I'm going to explore the city, this town. I'm going to go have- to the photo studio. Yeah, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to hang out. I'm just walking along. I'm not even on my horse. And there was a gang uh, who were, like, taunting me, like, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Yeah. And I just walked by him. I diffused. I was like, I don't want no trouble, blah, blah, blah. But the photo studio was just maybe a few steps past that. And I sure. went inside the photo studio. Well, apparently, the AI didn't realize that I went inside, a bu- went inside the building. So they came inside that building started shooting me up. I started running. Next thing I know, I have, like, 10 or 15 lawmen after me. I am running Wait, out. Even and though you didn't do anything? I didn't do anything wrong. They, they, Because, you know, if you linger around too long, they'll start shooting you. No. Oh, I did not okay. have that have at you, all. Have, have you what? experienced that? When you're wanted, you mean? No, no, no. Just like in general, if you're like galloping through the wilderness, someone's like, hey, move along. Or if you come across like a tent or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. And you linger a little too long, they'll start shooting at you. So this is what happened, but inside not the everyone. town. Sometimes they're like, hey, man, come sit by the fire. I've never had anyone oh, actually I had someone do that. No, no, Apparently no. you find all the friendlies in the wilderness. No, no, no. But that, that was like one of the most frustrating. I had someone try to shoot me and I was like, oh, That was no. one of the most frustrating moments I've had in this game. Is I was literally just trying to like enjoy my time in this beautifully crafted city. And uh, yeah, next thing I'm being chased out, I have a huge bounty. on. I just had a loaded prior save. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. Now yeah. I have a, like a hundred something bounty. See, that's so interesting because like, I, so I had a thing that just happened this morning when I was playing. Uh, but it didn't go to that severity. It was in St. Denis. And like I was trying to get to the trapper, but I took the wrong term. Because so what I did on my map, I don't like the HUD of the game. I think it interferes. So I turn off most of it. I have like sort of a grayed out compass 
instead that just sort of directionally tells you which way you should go instead mm-hmm. of the GPS. Um, and everything else is dynamic. So it only pops up if you need it. So I was riding my horse. I accidentally took a wrong turn because I was it was directionally and not specific. And I'm in this like hallway thing or like when not in a hallway in an alley. And people were like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, but I'm on my horse. But again, it's like at a walk. I'm like, all right, turn it around. But then this guy pulls <laughs> me off my horse. But then I just beat the shit out of him. I, I didn't kill him, I don't think. But I just <laughs> beat him up. Yeah. And he was laying unconscious on the ground. No one reported me. There was another person right there. And mm. I got on my horse and I wandered away. I just like was like, okay, bye. No. I feel like the the crime system is wildly inconsistent, which is frustrating when you're trying mm-hmm. to kind of plan out, you know, what you want to do in the world. And um, I've spent more money on bounties than on anything else because, uh, you know, gunning down bounty hunters, you know, can, you know, be fun for X amount of time. You can loot them, uh, generally loot them without having any kind of pressure to do it quickly right um but at the same time the bounty system also locks you out of doing specific things mm-hmm. um particularly using the, the stagecoach stage system and so that brings me to another point that um i want to bring up this game clearly wants you to spend as much time riding your horse in the game as possible because the fast travel system is incredibly limited Um, It starts with the stagecoach system where when you enter a new city and there's a stagecoach, you can pay the stagecoach driver, which, by the way, you have to pay just like a taxi, the stagecoach driver expensive depending on how how far you're going um, to take you to the next city on uh, a stagecoach. I do like the way that they've handled the hiding of the loading with the animation of like getting into the stagecoach and you're driving in the stagecoach while they're loading in the next section. That part's really nice. Um, but then taking a stagecoach, I did take a train. Yeah, you could also buy train tickets mm-hmm. to go between. The train ticket was way well. cheaper than the stagecoach. I found coach. that the train uh, loading screens were much longer than the stagecoach. Whatever that's worth. I don't know. So but the it's was like five bucks. cheaper but yeah. slower. Yeah. Hmm. Just like, faster, more wait, expensive, which is weird because the train should go faster than a horse. Yeah. Well, it depends if the train has to go around where horses. Mm, sure, maybe yeah, horses maybe have a more direct path. Yeah. yeah. So you have the stagecoach, you have the train, and then. If you want to, you can pay to unlock a fast travel option within the upgrades of the ledger of the camp. Right. And so I decided to spend, and back then when I unlocked it, it was quite a bit of my my meager wallet of money. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you know what? I, I'm spending just too much time dr- uh, riding my horse between these points. Like I want to like have the option to fast travel if I want to. Sometimes I really like taking the yeah. the road because you can do some hunting in between and in like these you instances might run into people yeah um are really great and really dynamic and really help you, you make your experience incredibly unique to you and your playthrough yeah but when i opened the fast travel system i noticed that it was connected to this map on arthur's tent in camp and i was like huh that's weird so i pull it up and <laughs> i look at the map and i'm like okay so i can see all the different cities that i can fast travel to mm-hmm so I fast travel to one, and then I go to fast travel back. Nay, nay. You cannot fast travel backwards from camp. You can only fast travel outside of camp. So you can go to Valentine? You can go to, well, I mean, in my playthrough, I have many more locations unlocked no. that you can fast travel to, um, including Valentine, if you are not wanted there. 
Um, <laughs> I'm such a good um, citizen. What do you mean? Well, there's there's something that happens in the I'm, story okay. that kind of forces you to be a bad yeah. thing, which we'll talk no, about what? the morality system I in just a little bit. Do what I want. I'm Martha. Um, but that's the one of the other like major pain points in the game for me, outside of like the very slow looting, the the NPCs who are all constantly hustling you. And the idea that there is there's this massive, beautiful world, which, yes, I'm spending plenty of time in. But sometimes you want to just move back and forth quickly between missions. As you yeah, as you get like farther into a game of that size, it's definitely yeah. right. When I'm like 40 hours deep into a game and I've seen the same area and I've traversed that section quite a bit, I don't need to necessarily be mm. wandering around the road that. And that yeah, part. I do wish that they had like a follow road similar to Assassin's Creed. Um, just and again, I I wouldn't even mind if they locked didn't they it. have that in in Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. a follow road option? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I okay. actually looked it up, and it was like no, it's the same way, same same system. Uh, and I wouldn't mind if they even like said you know you have to hit I don't even give I don't know twenty hours in and then you can do it. Fine, whatever. Like if you want me to to slowly traverse the world for enough time that you know that i have looked at most at of it you unlock every it location to a story yeah. mission or a something i don't care lock it to something i don't care but to not have it at all at this stage of gaming feels a little punishing rough yeah um it feels unnecessarily punishing in a single player game now i understand that obviously red dead online is coming later we don't have any details about how that's going to interact if no. at all with the single player portion of Red Dead Redemption 2. So I just like, it's, as, as somebody who's as deep into the game as I am, it's frustrating, especially since um, I decided one time, mm-hmm. I was doing a story mission, it dumped me in a part of the world uh, that was like not close to a town. So regardless, I was going to have to ride my horse to the closest town, even if I wanted to use the stagecoach. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you can't take the stagecoach to camp because then... Somebody knows Everyone where, know where you are. Somebody knows where camp unlocked, is. Yeah. Uh, tra- How do you not unlock fast travel at that point? No, fast travel's unlocked. No, you at think, this no, point. No, I mean your camp, whatever, like upgrades locked. Like yeah. you, you couldn't have fast traveled you to some place. No, there's travel. no way to fast travel to camp at all. No, I know not to camp, yeah. somewhere closer. Oh, well, you can't fast travel to to um just in the middle of the world. Oh, you can only fast travel out of to camp. Locations. You can only fast travel out of camp. To specific I locations. Thought you meant once you were in the world, oh, you, you would go, think you would be able to. Oh. So, like, you would think if I'm out in the world, oh. if, let's say I have to go hunting, <laughs> I have to go to this specific area of the world to hunt right. a specific animal. Oh, you know, it'd be nice if I could just fast travel back to camp. Instead, instead of you have to, to find a town that's nearby or an area that's nearby, go there, and then kind of like hoof it the rest of the way. And it's 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 bullshit because the story mission that I was doing um, took me way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I was in a part of, I was in, in the middle of the night, stagecoaches weren't even open because by the way, yeah, not only, not only are they locked to towns, they're locked to specific times of day as well. Um, so I'm out here in the middle of nowhere going, okay, I clearly, camp. I go, I look at, well, even if I set up camp, I still have to get back sure, to camp, right? right? Do they not, they don't have fast travel through camps? I no, Steimer, it's, that's, this is the problem. Well, no, but that's like, I'm, no, I mean for, orig- I thought. Maybe it's, I just, well, ha- maybe original. it exists and I just haven't found now, it. Now in old school, old school, Red Dead, it was, you could fast travel between camps, right? I thought you could. Yeah, I thought that was the case. So maybe 
I just haven't set up camp and attempted to fast travel yeah, between maybe. camps. Yeah. I'm going to try that immediately when we're done with the okay, podcast. I'm like, that I haven't wrong. unlocked that either. So since we're on like the gripes of this game, because like I said, I love this game a lot. I do have, because like I said in the beginning, it's not a perfect game. Oh no, I have a lot of good notes too. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to like no, the narrative we're, stuff We're just kind of getting into So one thing I've noticed that I is annoying is if you die, if you, you get pounced on by a, a cougar, for example, or an alligator, you will not spawn. Like what I found is I haven't spawned where I died. I've spawned a little out of the way. Mm-hmm. And where this became an issue is one time I spawned on top of this massive ridge that I was no, I was near it, but I was at the very bottom and it spawned me on the very top of it. Good thing. I found a dinosaur bone up there. Good times. But then I had to go <laughs> way, way out of my way to get back to where I was. That was an annoyance. Um, the accidental crime, which we kind of touched base on, mm-hmm. is an annoyance of mine. I accidentally turned a corner. and uh, Well, I turned a corner on purpose, but there was another person coming my way. I mowed them over with my horse. Murder. And I was like, I did not mean to do that. Please don't punish me. Accidental murder. Accidental I murder. I purposefully murdered lots of people and did not get any murder brownies because it was in the middle of nowhere. No one saw me and I threw their body in the river. Yeah, see? But... Th- that's the thing is I literally ran this. I liked Andrea's face just now. And me. I throw people in the river too. I throw people Listen, in the river. Listen, we've all thrown a body in the river at some point. <laughs> and then, like I mentioned earlier, when the, the AI didn't rec- realize that I had just gone inside a building that was near them and they all started shooting me and I yep. got chased out of town. I've had a few bugs happen obviously i've also had a few Nothing bugs. Like, i've actually had more than a few bugs. really i haven't yeah. had anything super crazy just like maybe the wonky animation or maybe my horse is like stuck in a wall or something that's happened but that's been annoying how do you feel about um the survival elements of this game oh like the cores how you have to know how you have to sleep shave bath and eat well you don't have Bathe. to shave oh i mean to me like the shaving isn't an issue the bathing i've only bathed once and the entire time I played this game. There's only a couple instances yeah. where the game forces you to bathe. Yeah. In the original, you just made a camp, and then you could fast travel somewhere that you've been before. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I remember, is you would kneel down. But you still it. can't fast travel to camp, can you? There was no There was no camp central in, camp. In Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. It, you had your house, but you didn't really need to go there. Yeah. No. Um. So camp was everywhere. So... <laughs> I looked up a Polygon article and they also say the same thing that they, at least they haven't tried doing that, but because yeah. they also said it was a one way, a one way thing. It's a one way yeah. thing. So the shaving, the bathing, what were the other things? The shaving, mentioned? the bathing. So for me, the it's eating, like, so the, the eating and the sleeping. Um, So this is just like another layer of complexity. Before we get to this, the, the point I was making with the camp was that I, they dropped me in the middle of nowhere with this mission. I took out the timer on my cell phone because I was like, wow, camp looks really far away. And I want to see just how long it's going to take me to gallop on my horse to get back to camp. Because like at this point, I was like 30 hours deep into the game and I was like, my God, riding horse in this game is so beautiful. And the sound design of getting in and out of the saddle and customizing my saddle and all that is awesome. But you know what? Sometimes I don't want to fucking ride my horse. I just need to get back or, to camp. Yeah, you just want to, yeah. yeah, just so follow the road. Go. I was like, you know what? I want to see how long this, this asinine adventure is going to take me. So I took on my phone, I hit start on my stopwatch, and I started galloping. Now, this isn't like a slow, a slow walk. Like, I'm running Mashing. as full speed as I can on my horse without draining all what, of my sand What, what kind of horse did you have? Um, I had a Tennessee, Tennessee Walker. walker? I just bought a fancy horse um, at the at the stables of Fontenay, but I digress. How many minutes do you think it took me to get back to camp? 
I can't guess because I already know. Five minutes and 27 seconds. It took me eight minutes and 40 seconds. Over eight minutes, Brittany. Almost nine. To get back to camp. Now, could you have stopped in a town and fast traveled back? No, I couldn't have because you can't fast travel to camp from town. Sorry, I meant somewhere to like, I guess it depends on where your camp is. Could I have ridden my horse to a town and fast traveled Mm -hmm. from that town to another town and then ridden from that Mm -hmm. town into camp on my horse? (laughs) No, legit. Like, that's what you have to do. No, it's ridiculous. I completely, I get yes. it. Yes. You, I've had those moments where I've been up in Swampland and I'm like, okay, I can catch a stagecoach to Valentine. And then my camp is like right around that area. Because it, I mean, I agree. It, yeah. My point is like, listen, I get it. The world is beautiful. You want me to go in the world and have these dynamic experiences. Because as Steimer mentioned, that's one of the most amazing things about this game is this idea that you get to be on a road traveling from one place to another. Or maybe you're just wandering and exploring. And all of a sudden, you'll come across a wagon like I did last night, where clearly there's an argument happening. Two guys are fighting two other guys. I just am standing in the distance watching, not interfering at all. Two guys get shot by the other guys. The other two guys steal their wagon. So I'm like, oh, well, clearly they are no good people. I should probably steal that wagon from them. So I ride in and I kill both of them and then loot all of their bodies and take the contents of the wagon. But like... Did you get what's, a morale loss when you did that? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, See, what's interesting about it is that, like, I could have just not done anything. I yeah. could have just stood there and watched it all play out. And it comes back to what you were talking about, Brittany, with this world seeming alive. And that, I think, is something that is really masterfully done here. But you had mentioned these micromanaging. Um, I have been perpetually underweight in this game. Me too! I thought I it was... Can't oh, wait. Really? Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was gonna... I was fine. Well, you're... You, you're like only 17% in as you get deeper and deeper in in the story yeah as you get deeper and deeper in like you don't you just stop eating like you don't this game isn't hard and I never yes. find myself compelled to eat eat this is this comes back to one of my other things that I really I wish I just like eating in video games or in real oh no life. I, so I didn't just like I have a mutton chop here <laughs> sounds like it's time to eat some food <laughs> Um, this comes back to one of the things that I thought was um, really kind of frustrating was about the whole crafting and inventory management system at large and how it just feels so not important in a way like there's no weight to it. And it comes back to the whole in-game economy about how I made a reference earlier in our discussion about how it doesn't matter how much money you have because you can't spend it on anything. Um, it matters in the beginning when you have nothing. But then you do, there's one point in the story where you do like a particularly big job and you get a nice windfall mm-hmm. of change. And you're like, oh, I'm rich. And then you're like, wait, what do I spend this on? Stagecoaches. Um, well, I train mean, stagecoaches and train tickets. I mean, but like you can't spend enough mo- of this money that you get. I was joking. Um, but the pro- thing was, it's like I unlocked everything at camp. I bought mm-hmm. a bunch of outfits. And then I went to the gunsmith and I was like, hmm, I'm going to buy all fancy guns. But a lot of the guns were locked even now that I could. So I couldn't buy them. Don't know why they're locked. I don't know if it's a story thing or what. So there's a bunch of guns I couldn't buy. So did you do a lot of side stuff before you like dove into a lot of the main missions? Because no. Okay. Because see, that's what I not side stuff necessarily. But I also by the time I I mean, I did some bounties. Bounties. Okay. You know, you move your camp throughout this game. That's something we've all known. Before I moved my first camp, I had already unlocked most of everything. And so I think I know what you're talking about. When you get all that money, you're like, 
I have everything I kind of need. What do I do with it? And everything is still locked that I would spend it on. And I'm like, what do I do with it? I mean, you, essentially, all you buy is cosmetic stuff. You buy outfits. Yeah, well, I mean, and the clothes, you guys, the clothes look fantastic. Oh, they're fun. They look fucking oh, yeah. good. The, I love the different um, the combinations of like, and I think, I don't know if it's maybe just an allure I have because I didn't, I don't wear menswear. But like, oh, no, it's like, you're like, oh, yes. Like the suit jackets yeah, totally. and the vests yeah. and, yeah. and all the things. The, oh, and everything. And the yeah. way the clothing looks in cutscenes and in animations is fantastic. Yeah. Superbly done. But yeah. oh love, love it. People keep knocking my goddamn hat off and it pisses me off. Oh, yeah, no, off. you always lose your hat. Just store I'm a like, bunch of hats on your horse. No, it's fine. fine. But I was just like, my fucking hat. Give me my hat back. Um, like, it also took me like a solid like 10 hours to figure out how to equip clothing from my horse. Oh. Yeah, did not realize how many tab overs in the menu system I had and to do. And that's an interesting point because the controls in this game are so not traditional. There's for me, it took. Oh a yeah, while. I had to remap some stuff. I think. Oh, I see. I didn't remap anything. I just kind of suffered through it until I understood everything. But yeah, it, it's interesting because I have killed so many people in accident. I've shot many people. I've pointed my gun at so many people, and the but yeah, those are the triggers which are pretty much universally yeah, shooty but the, sticks. I think you, what you're saying though is that the trigger though is used for multiple things in this game. Right. You sure. know, like so it can be to pull up a conversation wheel or it could be to pull up your gun. Sometimes Same button. It, sometimes it means <laughs> aim weapon, sometimes it's like startups and greet someone and, and you never really know. So I mean that was yeah, I mean, these, this is a good conversation because I share all of the same complaints you have. But what right. I will say is it doesn't take away from how much I am loving and enjoying this game. Right. Yeah, well, so let's let's transition. There's certainly some more mechanical things that I can talk about um, that I'm, you know, kind of frustrated by when it comes to, like, the gameplay loop, loop systems, including how terrible combat still is. Come on, Rockstar, how did you not improve your reticle system? Um, <laughs> but... The things that this game does well, yes. the thing, the reason why we are still playing 40 hours in, even though we've talked about these pain points, is that this is one of the most amazing video game narratives I've ever played. And I say that because so rarely does a game come along that makes you care about the side characters and like the kind of crewmates in your game. Um, like you do in Red Dead Redemption 2. And it's been, I almost want to say, maybe since Mass Effect, mm. in a game where the people that I'm playing alongside in the game, like as characters, mean as much to me as my protagonist does. I'm having an interesting conundrum because I loved Red Dead Redemption, right? Like, I 100% of that game. I love John Marston. I'm I think one of the reasons that's holding me back from like because I've had story missions on like ready to go for a while and I'm mm -hmm. just ignoring them when I'm going around and doing other things. I think part of the reason is because I know I'm gonna like John less. In a, in the mm. sense that I, I mean because I was talking to somebody about this and I was like, John's a, also a bad guy. John murders his friends. John murders the people he has been at this camp with, right? Like, that is the whole point of Red Dead Redemption is you're going around and killing your old gang members or your old, yeah, gang mates, Wait, whatever. And, like... It's not that black and white, though. No, I know, but I'm still saying, like, can you imagine... It would be like if we were in a weird little... Oh, my God. Fucking get rid of it. <laughs> the seal, you guys. It's so cute, though. <laughs> Down there swimming. All right. 
I hate that so much. Only because I'm like now distracted. Um, <laughs> no. um you guys can't hear it, but no. the seal bando, um, Brittany bumped it, and so careless whisper is playing. Thing. It was like, yeah, you don't. It's very sensitive. Yeah. You know, it's like bumping up against people in Red Dead Redemption Two when you're on your horse. Oh yeah, the fucking throw you. In All it takes is a little nudge. Assault, hey, animal like, cruelty, like Assassin's Creed. Uh, okay, sorry. So you're gonna one. like John Less. So you're worried about John's like story. John Less. Be- I'm worried that I'm going to like John Less because I see already how dedicated Arthur. <clears throat> Ooh, my voice cut off how Arthur is to this gang and how all of these people, yes, they do bad things, but they really try to take care of each other. And it's very much supposed to be like a family. And so then to realize like, Oh shit. And I'm sure that I might, I might like them maybe less. I don't know as we do bad things, but still it's like, these were the people that you said you were going to be loyal to. And then you turned around but, and like, but we learn why we know why John Marston turned on everyone. Oh, no, I know. So to, to oh, me, I'm like that's still not. So not like a- so for me, it's like I I hear what you're saying. But in Red Dead, you know, he feels like he's been betrayed by his former gang. So he's taking his girlfriend, wife. I don't know if they're wife. Their wife. They're yeah. they're married by that point. They're and son. Uh, to to start a whole new life to do better by himself and to do a thing. And actually, to me, that's a more endearing quality because you see what he's like in these old days and then you know what eventually he tries to do for himself and his family. I get it. I just also, I don't know. I think that you think it it gets much darker than at least it has so far in my playthrough. Mm. Don't be afraid. At least not yet. Obviously, we don't know how the game ends. Right. Um, It clearly something bad's gonna go down eventually yes um that tends to be how these things and, go. yeah <laughs> and yeah. there are some you know some 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 losses and some surprising moments in the story of course any any good narrative has it i think the reason i bring that up is because so few games put the time into developing these characters as actual people you should care about and i think rockstar has done a fantastic job of making these people feel real mm. or like yeah. i feel like i know lenny and mm-hmm. i feel like i know um you know like uh, sadie and, and like everyone yeah. and like all the people that you meet in the camp you know they feel like real people that i care about and have an investment in as characters whereas most video games even if they are they are somebody who's along for the ride you don't really care about them that much you really care about your protagonist the person you're playing as right mm-hmm. and um i think they're to be commended for the incredible narrative work that they've done and and as Britt mentioned like not just the interaction that you have when you're playing as arthur but the interaction that you just overhear in the world of them having with each other yeah um and I- it's it's just really well done I also want to take a moment because I I remember before obviously this game came out and I had talked a lot about like how I wasn't sure if I was going to like Arthur Morgan. Oh yeah. Um, and I will say that was that's no longer really a concern for me. I actually find him great. I really right? do enjoy him. And like mm-hmm. even the first few hours, I laughed out loud at some of the dialogue that he says. Uh, I think I texted you a yeah. couple of the lines. I was like, no one wants to hear about your time in the Navy or whatever, <laughs> something like that. And I literally I laughed out loud. I just was like, that's fuck yes this is exactly probably what i would want to say i don't know that i would ever say it but um <laughs> so i really appreciate his delivery i think the actors are incredible oh, yeah. oh the performances are really fantastic yeah. yeah so um so 
Hats off to you, Arthur Morgan. Be- literal hats off. Also, one of my there. notes, taking baths, is this game of the year? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and having someone come in there and help you. The lady scrubbing oh, your head. I accidentally you. dismissed her really oh. quickly. I didn't mean to. Like, I paid 50 cents. <laughs> for a woman to help give you a bath. She literally sat there behind me for 10 seconds, and then I accidentally hit the dismiss button, and mm. then she left. And I was like, well, I, but I paid you 50 cents for I paid you. No, um, there needs to be more places where you can take baths in this yeah. game, because I would spend so much time just taking baths because it's so nice relaxing experience and he's got his little bath tray with his bubble bath and he's got a little drink there yeah, um, but I've only like found like to, uh, two places to take baths and I haven't found a place in Saint Denis where you can take a bath Mm-mm, I either. I'm like this is bullshit this is like the biggest city I've come in yeah. acro- come across in this world and I can't take a bath what why not but yes I, mean, I remember can we we were all worried I don't know if you were worried Andrea about not liking Arthur Morgan as yeah. a character that was I wasn't worried because I think I had no dog in the race okay no horse in the race no, no horse in the race I mean both are race animals have, yeah it's true dog in the race horse in the race dog race no yeah. pig in the race pigs race sometimes turtle races yeah, no. Jesus you can kill turtles in this game by Dude, the way I did I did you too. have to and I threw oh well, I, 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 I didn't my, have to I, I was just to. on a beach uh, but yeah, I, I think like, obviously we were making those. We had that worry, I think, before we knew that there was that morality system and you can make him a good guy or a bad guy. But see, I like that I can kind of I do what I want right. in the moment. Right. So I don't feel bad about it. Let's talk about this morality system, yeah. the honor system. So this is something that's new for Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, the way that this honor system works. Correct. Yes. I'm trying to remember, but yes, I think so. Um, so essentially, uh, the idea that. is that Arthur is conflicted about wanting to like do the right thing but also he's an outlaw right Right. so like you're inherently always going to commit crimes but you're trying to do it you know at least the best way you can do it without hurting too many innocent people Mm, um might not be new um really i don't remember that in the first one um i didn't play enough of the first one to to let me know it's just too far Um, if somebody in chat who is watching on the live stream wants to let us know please let uh let us know about the honor system so yeah the way that system the way that it works here is the more honorable you are you can get um cheaper prices Mm -hmm. with some vendors people will speak to you differently that kind of a system is obviously not innovative or new for video games that's many video games have done and yes yeah many video games have done something like that before they had it, and you would you would like unlock a special horse or a special outfit. Oh, really? If you okay. Really low honor or really high honor. Okay. Well, that's not so the honor prominent. system returns. Okay. Um, to Red Dead. Um, the thing that I am kind of annoyed with is that I feel like I have to spend so much time building my honor one little like plus cowboy sign at a time, um, and I'm doing trying to do as any, everything I can to build it, and all it takes is one story mission where I'm forced into doing something because of the way the story mission is playing out and then it's like negative 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 and i'm like that's really frustrating because really, really? I, I haven't noticed that in a story mission where you're docked points for that um maybe you haven't gotten to the missions i've gotten to we'll have to talk mm, yeah afterwards so as not to spoil anything right. for anybody who is listening or watching um but what the real point i'm trying to make is is that it feels like overall, outside of like maybe some conversational options and a couple of like discounts, like again, that don't matter because there's not much to buy, um, is that like, what's the point of it? Is this just there to help you make decisions about how moral you want Arthur the outlaw to be? Because at the end of the day, he's an outlaw. He's still a cold-blooded killer. 
So yeah, that's, that's why I don't feel bad about that. even though it's like looting a body that you didn't kill loses you honor. Right. Like, what are they going to do with it? It's mine. Like yeah, and that that's weird. It's like I shouldn't be docked unless if you want to go way out there. The family of that deceased stranger, which are the people you get docked for, it's like oh, they're they're valuables. They want to be buried with their valuables. I don't understand that. I feel I like if they're dead, like they wishes. don't need their cash. They don't need their fifty. Yeah, exactly. Cents. Fine. I will take it. Yeah. Right, but like you're still stealing from the dead. I've all who well, cares? Listen, they're it's the dead. Wild West. Clearly, people care. They're dead. They yeah. don't have an no. Opinion. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't care, but other people care. My point though is this is just yet another system that has no weight within the gameplay oh, yeah. ecosystem, right? Like it's like so far like the um making money like what's the point you can't really up you can't upgrade there's no rpg element right you can't upgrade your guns or buy more powerful guns buy you, more horses all you can do is buy more accoutrement for your gun so like oh i've got a fancy leather wrap for it that I was changed, a very sexy word uh, uh, accoutrement. well i mean i bought it in saint denis so you know um, you know you can buy a special wood grain you can yeah. you can like cut your the horse's hair and, in a specific yeah. way and dye it pink or have a pretty braided tail yeah so yeah. I don't I don't know because I feel like most people I've talked to have been an an honorable Arthur Morgan so I don't know what the the negative size would be is is it like Renegade Paragon and Mass Effect I don't know no I don't think that the effect is as um How divisive you made it though to like oh, so what i've actually so what i've read Obviously is you guys didn't make it sorry is end, that i'm almost all the way to the right i'm close i'm like i can't seem to get like i'm at one point and i can't seem to get further to the right than like where i'm at mm-hmm. and but i mean i'm very very far it right. might be a soft cap based on where you're and at I, in honestly the story. i think that's what it is but what i have read is that the further left you are the you have many more bounty hunters that are coming after you the law is much more sensitive to what you what do you, mm-hmm that's what, yeah, exactly, to what you do and that you always have Sometimes you're going to get heckled more. And Oh, actually, I'm thinking about it again. I read IGN's review, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who reviewed it, but he did say that he feels like the hard mode of this game is when you're super bad and on the very, very mm. far left. Because everyone's always after everyone's you. Everyone's always after you. Everyone's coming trying to get you. Mm. But well, as it, sh- as it should be, right? Yeah, 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 but that's the only thing I've really read. But it comes back to the idea that even if you're bad, like the idea of being bad, hopefully... Hopefully you're not just being bad so you being can like bad. just murder people. Good. The idea of being bad, I would imagine, is to like murder people to get their loot. Right. Um, but again, well, sometimes the, they just are annoying. No, but the well, yeah, that's true. But the loot system in this game, it just feels like all the loot's so worthless. And that's the thing that's really frustrating to me is that it's like at first I was like, man, I just killed like 20 bounty hunters who all came after me and I don't have time to loot all these bo- bodies before the next lawman comes after me right. too. But then I'm like, but do I want five more silver brooches? Do I need another platinum like uh, wristwatch? Like I'm going to sell it for another seven bucks. But then what am I going to do with that money? I feel like the whole economy just doesn't have any payoff. And that's frustrating because at the end of the day, I go, what am I actually doing here? You know, and that's why I've been trying to focus more on the story now and kind of be like, I have no desire to do all of these extra hunting missions, all these extra bounty missions, um, because I'm like, what's the point you feel of it? Like, all? there's no payoff, right? I want, I want to pay off, and I'm not getting it. And maybe somebody out there, maybe one of you ladies, can explain to me like what I'm missing or what I'm not so, seeing of so what the payoff's me, supposed to be. Like what I said earlier, I don't feel like I'm in a rush. I feel like this is the game I've been waiting for, just to sink all my time and to do all the unnecessary hunting, all the unnecessary things. And going, and I say unnecessary in terms of it's not going to impact your your right. the story. It's just mm-hmm. something you do for fun because you enjoy doing it. 
Now, going into this, I didn't really have a game that I was super duper into, something that was keeping my attention. Now, I know, Andrea, you have Destiny, you have Odyssey that you love. Do you think you loving those games, do you feel like Red Dead is taking away time from those games? And maybe that's impacting the way you feel. Well, 100%. I mean, but like the idea that if I had nothing else to play, then I would be cool to play this game is like, that's not a good, that's not a good selling point, right? But I don't know if it's so much that as much as it is, like I said, I feel like this is just something fun for me to do because I love doing it and I'm having a great time doing it. Right. And I think this, what it comes down to is just this different style of gameplay preference. Exactly. 100%. And I was talking about this um, uh, with Greg because he's been playing as well. And I was just like, because he also isn't like really kind of jiving with it. didn't click with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, I think what I'm just looking for when I sit down to play a video game is something that feels action-oriented, mm. something that really is stimulating and has a lot going on and has a lot for me to do. And this game feels like it's so deliberately slowly paced that it wants you to slow down. It does. It, does. it, yeah. it yeah. really is telling you, hey, take a breath, maybe just walk around. And like that's what I think is such an amazing part about this game it just means that I'm not going to spend as much time in this game right. as maybe a lot of other people are. Because like some quiet moments that are great are like when I'm out on my horse um, traveling between destinations when it's becoming sunrise. And I, like I'll stop and just look and watch the sunrise in the game thinking of how that's like such an amazing moment and how like even when I'm like in the real world, like as Andrea, not as Arthur Morgan, have how I'm how that moment being there by yourself in those quiet moments has like a special effect on you. Yeah. And I think that's what's really special and what's really grabbed people about this game is that kind of forced atmosphere mm-hmm. that so many other games are like, hey, instead we're gonna give you a bazillion things to keep you occupied and kind right. of manage your ADD. Yeah. yeah. And I'm having trouble because I my personality style is that I'm always like, like, what's the shiny thing? I need to have the thing. And like that force slowness is just something that I'm like, I can't deal. It makes me anxious almost. Mm. I oh, totally yeah. get it. And that's kind of what my hunch was. Um, we were texting about this game earlier and your first impressions like weren't you weren't super grabbed by it. Right. Um and that for me, you know, I like that slow pace. I love that it forces you to kind of stop and just chill out and and think about what am I going to do? Am I going to go hunt? Am I going to go fishing? I've spent hours just hunting and fishing in this yeah. game and just exploring and do no- doing nothing. I mean, I could play poker in this game all day. <laughs> there you go. I mean, like but the card like, games are fun. I think, like you said, it comes out of preference. You know, if if you love Grand Theft Auto, that doesn't mean you're going to love Red Dead Redemption, obviously, no. because yeah. they're very two diff- wildly exactly. different games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this game does something for me that few games do. And, like, I always go back to Story of Seasons, Harvest Moon, which are some of my most cathartic, relaxing games ever, is I like that feeling of, like, what am I going to do? I have no Mm -hmm. pressure. Am I going to go hunt today? Am I going to go fish? Am I going to go do a mission? Am I going to go do the side thing? Am I going to explore this, like, uncharted area? And to me, that is so relaxing. And it it really engages me in a way that most games don't. I've literally dreamed about this game every single night since I've started playing it. I I woke up a few nights ago with my hands like this trying to mash square. Like (laughs) I was like in my head and I'm like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. I have to tell this story on the podcast. And so few games do this. And I think the last game that may have done this for me was Dragon Age Origins. And before Mm -hmm. that, maybe Breath of Fire 3 on PlayStation. 
very few games get me in this point. And I think it's that forced relaxation that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Steimer? I mean, I I think it's interesting, especially because I did come off this game. I didn't finish uh, Odyssey yet. But Odyssey, you zoom out and you see fucking everything, right? Yeah. Like, you know everything that you can do. And it's daunting. It's daunting right. at certain points. And so then to look at the map in Red Dead and almost feel the opposite um, is sort of an interesting dichotomy there. And so, like, it's for me, I am enjoying it because I like that change of pace. I obviously loved Red Dead Redemption. So, it makes sense. Like I'm like, yes, I want to ride my horse around. Again, I do think that they should have maybe addressed a few quality of life issues, i.e. if you do the loot animation a couple of times, it just knows to then do the game thing where you just pick it up. Uh also again, the fast traveling thing. Like those are the my main issues. Otherwise, I love this game and I think I'm going to spend a lot of time in it. I don't know that I will 100% it just because time I had more. I feel like I had more of it before when I was younger. I don't know what's happening, but life, I, man, I know, life's like, happening. It's crazy. But like, there were definitely times when I was like, you know what, I want to. Uh, I'm gonna go look for a horse. So I went and I looked for a horse because I was like, I I don't want to buy a horse. I want to go find a horse. Mm-hmm. I want to find a horse and ride it. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> and so I did. So like I went out and I finally found a herd of horses. It actually didn't take that long. I was like, well, herd of horses. Great. Okay, perfect. Um, had to grab the, the one that is now my horse a couple of times because she kept getting away. And but then again, finally tamed her, took her back to the to the stables. It's like you mine. We'll put the saddle on you. Braid your tail. Let's go. Named her Roach. I uh, stole a horse from some bandits. Named her opponent. She's my best horse ever. Yeah. Uh, what Zelda. do you know? What kind she is? Uh oh. Uh, all I know is she's a workhorse. Uh, mine's a. Oh, she's a Shire. Yeah. She's like a. Yeah, big... yeah. She's a big horse. Okay. Oh, uh, my Shire got killed, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're... Okay. I've accidentally fallen so off cliffs sad. with my horse. She's they, there is horse permadeath in this. And it's yeah. awful if you don't have horse revised. It's, you have to it's especially horse. awful if you come across an instance in the world accidentally where there's like a gang fight or that you get uh-huh. ambushed uh-huh. and. You get shot like two or three times, then you're dead and your horse is gone. Um, it's frustrating because like it feels like the wait, you you dying doesn't. Sorry, is that bothering you? Yeah, Um, you dying doesn't kill your horse. No, but like they obviously shot my horse too. They they never shoot my horse. No, they know better. Well, I've accidentally shot other people's horses. I I never try to shoot the horses, but like for animal cruelty. But no, I came across a gang that like I feel like shoots my horse on purpose. I'm like you're an asshole. But something I want to talk about too is something I really appreciate about this game is in the campfire discussions, if you decide to pay attention, they touch some, Rockstar touches on some pretty deep stuff. Oh, yeah. Substance abuse, mental illness. It's like, they talk Damn. about the women's right to vote. Yeah. They talk about the Ku Klux Klan. They mm-hmm. talk about um, being black in America and slavery. Yes. They talk about Native Americans and what happened to them. They talk about Mexican and Mexican Americans. They really um, do, I think, their due diligence on making sure to, to acknowledge that while this is obviously set in, you know, the the late 19th century, near turn of the century, that they, these issues are there. I wish they would have gone a bit further. I think that this is incredibly um, smart of them to at least acknowledge all of these issues in a mm-hmm. game that could have easily just been like we're white cowboys in the West and probably still would have been just as popular. But in a time where diversity matters and representation matters 
I'm glad these issues are in there. I just wish they would have gone. I wish they would have made more of a stand or made them more prominent in the game. Mm. Yeah, this sounds like a good topic for a spoiler cast. So we yes. can talk about certain. Yes, missions. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it, it's because, uh, you know, back in those days, I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but I'm sure, you know, mental illness wasn't something that was widely touched upon. I don't something. think you need to be an expert to say that. It's barely mm-hmm. touched upon in 2018. No, that's very true. <laughs> Talking about like back then, especially. But yeah, you're totally right. Um, And to see, you know, someone struggling with substance abuse and one moment their hair is frazzled and going in a million different directions. And then later on in that day, their hairs come back and they're like, I don't know why I do this. I don't know what I'm searching for. I need help. Something's not right. But then that night and every night they're thereafter, they're have a bottle in their hand and they're struggling with substance abuse. And it's like, damn, you know, it's, it's really well done. Um, I've seen a few missions, but again, spoiler cast material where uh, it's like, Oh, that was, I've, for, I won't talk about it in specifics, but last night I experienced a mission that was one of the best missions I've ever had in a video game, and it was so moving, and it was related to one of these issues, and I was like, they did that. That's fucking awesome. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah. See if I've done this mission mm-hmm. yet. Um, ladies, we could keep talking, and we will keep talking <laughs> about Red yes. Dead Redemption 2. Obviously, you guys are all getting it in your hands um this weekend you're going to be playing you're going to be playing for the next couple of weeks the next couple of months maybe the next couple of years depending on how invested you get in red dead online um but there's more to say and clearly we will do a spoiler cast at some point in the future probably will be quite a ways in the future because we want to give everybody time this is a long slow deliberate game um so don't rush it um enjoy it have fun uh, pet all of the doggos. Oh, I petted um, a doggy, and they wake great. their little tails when you when you pet them. It's so cute. Oh, it's adorable. Um, yeah, take care of your horse and give them all the pats and the apples. Oh my god, that's like all I do now is just Click pat L3. and brush my horse. <laughs> You're doing good, girl. Just, no, <laughs> or even boy horse. Oh, you get off and curry comb them. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it was it was int- so I was like, are there only boy horses? I kept just cut yeah. like I kept finding only male boy, male yeah. horses. Boy. And then when I lassoed the one, and I was like, come on, girl. I'm like, oh, I got a girl. <laughs> I got a girl horse. Yeah. It's great. It's, the game is really, really well done. And despite the fact that we clearly have some pain points and some annoyances, um, I don't think any of us can say enough at uh, the magnificent work that the team at Rockstar Games oh, no. yeah. did with Red Dead Redemption 2. So clearly a lot more to say. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. If you guys have further questions, um, I, I know we didn't even get to the Dear WGG questions tonight, and that's 100% on us, and we will save those. We will answer them next week. So uh, don't worry. We have a document. They didn't disappear. Uh, <laughs> we will get to all of those questions and more, um, and we hope that you guys will join us tomorrow if you're listening to this in time on October 27th for our streams. And we'll have an update for you on what happened at TwitchCon next week. Until then, have a fantastic weekend, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye.